Yes, you are now listening to the sound of Sports Reports is ordered. We are here. I got Mr. Logical. Here. I am. Two five. And you know what we are? We're smarter than some of these coaches out here. Because if I got the chance to go for two, I'm not going to let Taylor Williams get the ball again. Give me your clipboard. Let the Heisman Just sign me in. Just let Tag the Heisman in, winner coach. get another possession. Why not? Give me your clipboard. Why not? You know, Give me your laminated sheet. Go hard or go home. Give me the clipboard. Give me the hand signals. <laughs> I got it from here. I'm coming at the audience. <laughs> Jersey on backwards. I'm doing, I'm doing my thing. I'm doing a better Tonight. thing than some of y'all for sure. Tonight. We're going to recap some college football and some questionable coaching decisions. We're going to get into the NFL reaction. We're going to tell you what we saw. We're going to talk about how the Cowboys just got their ass kicked. Woo! I was born that score in was not so reflective tough. of how bad they got whooped. They got beat 96-0. <laughs> but anyway, Mr. Logico, that time of show. Well, we find issue within the world of sports, and we got some stuff to get off of our chest. So what you got on your mind on this right, beautiful I got evening? two things real quick, real quick. All right. I want to shout out me with a microphone out the way. All right, still can hear me. I want to shout out my boy Sanders. You know what I mean? My young troop from back in the day. Now we're both old heads. Got married over the weekend. So now I'm representing the Deion Sanders because, you know, that's my guy. He's the reason I love the Falcons. The reason most of y'all are watching college football right now, this deep in October. And a shout out to a good friend of mine who's my former troop, grown man, got the C.T. Fletcher beard, doing big things down in Texas. So I want to, you know, congratulate him and his new wife. So shout out to Sanders, man. I'm proud of you, man. So keep it up. Listen. One woman loving you and you loving that woman back is a positive thing. Don't let people tell you otherwise. Don't listen to future and those other people telling <laughs> you otherwise. Don't listen to the nonsense. Don't listen to the BS. Look with your eyes. Love with your heart. Believe what you see. Leads me right in to get it off my chest. Mazel tov. Minnesota fans and people who are fans of this Flawed ideology that the NFL is scripted. Just stop it. You're forcing it. You're forcing it. This is not keeping up with the Kardashians. This is not dancing with the stars. This is NFL football. Cut it out. The only script is we're going to put these teams at this time because we know you people will watch. That's it. Everything else is all predicated on performance. Yes, do the refs have an impact, good, bad, or indifferent? True. Mark Slayer said it best. I held every play. They just didn't call it every time. So it's going to be holding. Pass interference. Rough the passer calls are going to get missed. Things are going to get missed. But please stop chopping up that play where, first of all, Minnesota was in fourth and seven. He had a del- oh, they were, they were at, you know, fourth and seven, third, seven, fourth and seven, got a delay a game. Or false start had to get backed up five yards. So they already put themselves in a precarious position by being in that moment anyway. It wasn't rough in the passer because the blitzer hit Kirk Cousins' arm as he was letting the ball go. 
The ball floated over the head of Jordan Addison to the point where him and Sneed were both looking for the ball. It wasn't pass interference. Not even was it uncatchable. It wasn't even in the area where they can either one of them can catch it. They both were looking for the ball. Oh, he took his helmet off. Well, the play is over. It's fourth down. It's a turnover and downs. The helmet coming off is a dead ball play. So Minnesota would have got wouldn't wouldn't have got the ball back. Kansas City still would have gotten at the 15 yard line, and they would have kneeled the game out the same way they did. Please stop sharing this chopped up video of this guy, whoever he is, talking about the NFL wants the Chiefs to win. No, that is not the case. The NFL doesn't give a damn who wins because we watch every week. We buy these jerseys every week. We buy the $12 hot dogs and the $15 beers at the game. If you want to take your family of four to a game in Jerry World, it is $800 minimum before concessions. This is parking and putting your butts in the seat. You had $800. They are not in the business of scripting out and making sure that Patrick Mahomes makes a Super Bowl. That game is in February. It is October. Just face the facts. You're watching a game where sometimes people get breaks. Sometimes they don't. Stop sharing these chopped up, uneducated, unsubstantiated videos talking about, oh, that would have been a penalty. Yeah, it would have been a dead ball penalty in Kansas City still would have gotten the ball and the results of the game would have been the same. Don't get the false start. Don't get the holding call. Don't get a pass interference. Don't put yourself in a position where now you're hoping the refs bail you out at the end of the game. Cut it out. It makes me want to feel as if none of the history books I've ever read are real. <laughs> None of the documentaries I've seen are truthful because people will literally share this information in 4K and try to tell me I'm seeing something different simply because they feel one way. Deal with the loss like a man. Don't get on the Internet talking about, oh, the ref stole it. I told my seven-year-old son when he started playing football, if you allow the refs to be the reason why you lose the game, is because you didn't make enough plays prior to them intervening. And you think the San Francisco 49ers worry about the refs? They won by 32 points. You think New England's worried about the refs? No, they lost by 34 points because the other team whooped their ass. You think that 70-20 game didn't have some holding calls that didn't get called? It didn't matter. Miami had 70 points. When they had the alley, they scored the touchdown. They didn't have unnecessary blocks in the back. So it's either scripted out of 32 teams for one team succeed, but yet another team scores 70 points. Or how about the fact that one team stayed in England for two weeks? That's an unfair advantage. So these guys don't get to see their families for two weeks and supposed to help them win a football game. That only comes out after they beat Buffalo. So cut it out. You are not watching Keeping Up with the Kardashians. You're not watching Love and Hip Hop or whatever these love and real housewives shows. You're watching football. And every once in a while, 
the ball will bounce off a helmet and get intercepted. Every once in a while, a dude will grab a face mask and one of the six dudes at around 40, 45 years old who's not as athletic as the guys running around, he might miss it. But you know what you can do? You can score 40 points and make sure they don't win. You can stop them cleanly on third down. Don't leave it up to the refs. Because if you leave it up to the refs at the end of the game, that means for the 59 minutes the game was going on, you didn't do your job. Stop crying. Players, stop crying. Stay your crying asses off of Twitter. If you get your ass kicked, Michael Parsons, just stay off of Twitter. <laughs> it's fine. AB, no one needs you in Baltimore. Stay off of Twitter. All hey, you crying-ass fans, stay <laughs> off the internet. Deal with the losses as they come. It'll turn around. The Rams were a laughing stock for years. Jerry Goff got with Sean McVay. They went to the Super Bowl. It will turn around. Stop crying and bitching and complaining every single day when I'm trying to just watch the sports, have a good sports conversation, and you worried about some conspiracy theory that you can't corroborate. Shut up. My bad. But the NBA, on the other hand. <laughs> Game seven is so hard because you got to play against the refs. Hey, you know, but, but no, for real, that's real talk, though, because, I mean, who would have ever thought we'd be seeing the Detroit Lions like this right now? You four know, and uh, four and one, first place. I mean, we talked about it, you know, Detroit and Minnesota and the NFC North, and then now we got the Bears and the Vikings playing this week to see who's going to be in last place. You know? Shout out to Justin Fields, man. Like I take either one of them in Atlanta, but you know that's neither here nor there. You know, but but no, like uh, but no, I get it though. You know, like these, I don't know. Anyway, and like so, I said, I know fans short for fanatic, but listen, man, can it be short for factual? Can we hey, take the other letters? Hey, I ain't gonna lie. Like you know, some some of my commander buddies may have or may have not said. That that Thursday night game was scripted because Dick Buck has died. You know, we got to <laughs> I don't know how they would have came up with that script so quickly, but you know what I mean? Like I feel you. I, look, it it's <laughs> obnoxious. I love that the NFL did the commercials kind of leading into it. But it's like, come on, man. This is football. Yeah, but that's all right, because we're gonna see your squad this weekend. But anyway, anyway, you know, get it off my chest. So Look, man, we talked about the college coaches and their decision-making. There's one in particular that I'm going to focus on. We'll talk about the rest later, but it's a bigger – it's a symptom of a bigger problem. So college football over time, I've always hated it, always, you know. So, like, yes, we don't need ties. We need to find a way to pick a winner. But under the previous edition of overtime, you know, it was just straight up you know, at the 25, over and over again, third overtime, you got to go for two after you get a touchdown. And then, you know, you have seven overtime games, which just sound ridiculous. You know, then we changed the rules up. Now we got this thing where after the second overtime, you go for two. And then after the second overtime, everything is two-point conversions only. So Jed Fish, who I like, the head coach at Arizona turned them from a laughing stock to a respectable team. You know, they're playing USC. Me and Mr. Logical got into a little argument that we'll rehash later because Absolutely. I felt I felt that Arizona should have went for two when the game was tied at 28. They should have went up for the 29 to 28 lead 
You know, obviously there was more time in the game. USC got the ball some more. Whatever was going to happen was going to happen. But then they got the overtime, and they get to the second overtime. They get the ball first because USC scored first in the first overtime. Arizona scores. They come back out for their second possession, get a touchdown, and Jen Fish sends the kicking team on the field. Like, and I think one of the refs, you know, had to tell him, like, uh, nobody, you got to go for two here. So he had to call a timeout in overtime. <laughs> you know, during a dead period, dead ball period, he had to call a timeout because he had the wrong team on the field. You know, first of all, I did not watch these teams play for 60 minutes. And then this happens, and then we got to go to three overtimes and go for two-point conversions at that point. Now, granted, the game didn't come to that because USC put them out there in misery, you know, but I don't like this every possession. Like, I don't know if you remember this. This was two seasons ago, maybe the COVID year. Uh, Penn State, Illinois, you know, played in Happy Valley. They went to nine overtimes, and the final score was like 20 to 18. Off yeah, of two-point like, conversions. Off of two-point conversions. Like, I went to a game last year, UTSA-Houston, same thing, you know. So, so like, look, these teams played hard for 60 minutes. Let them decide it on the field. You know, I'm not saying that I necessarily 100% agree with the whole NFL style of overtime, but it's gotten better. I like the new improvements. College football, these teams played 60 minutes. They left it all on the line. We got an extra period. Let them earn that victory. You know, because even if I went off of a two-point conversion, it could have been a fluke that mine worked and yours didn't. You know, what if what if you jumped off sides and now my two-point conversion is at the one or at the half-yard line? Or you get a you get a tip because you throw a slant and the linebackers happens to be there tips it. Yeah, just yeah. play just play another quarter. You know, pretty much. You know, adopt something close to the NFL rules. You know, even if you got to go sudden death, like that works better than. What I saw in some, I'd rather I like sudden death. I I wish the NFL would have stuck to that because because you had 60 minutes, you had 60 minutes to figure it out. The NFL has found a way, sports in general, I guess, have found a way to minimize defense. You know, like if I know that I can hold you to a field goal, they sports have. Sports has found a way to appease whining. I'll, I hate to cut off your, you know, get off my chest. Oh, it's all they good. have found a way to appease whining and complaining instead of saying, man up, these are your parameters. Fairness is not a, you know, it's not expectation. Buffalo. Buffalo. Josh That's Allen the reason we have it now. Ball. Like, yeah, play some Yo, defense. I was playing Madden. I was playing Madden before the season started, and I'm at overtime. I get the touchdown. I'm thinking the game is over. Madden had adopted the rules from the end of the priest end of the Super Bowl through just now, like when the new game came out. We were in the postseason rules, so this dude got the ball back. The, the, the overtime period ended. And they started another one. I'm like, what is going on here? I'm supposed to be done. I was in overtime on a video game based off the NFL rules. <laughs> the game's supposed to be over. Like, I worked it down to, like, 12 seconds in overtime before I threw that little slant right to Drake London. And it's like, nope, you got the ball back. I'm I'm kicking it off. I'm just like, 
what is this? But because Buffalo couldn't lock down a team for 13 seconds, they changed everything. That's what it's all about, man. It's like sometimes you need to be looked in your face and told, you don't get to participate in this party. Like we're going from four to 12 teams in the playoff. That's going to be chaos. We'll see how that goes next year. Sometimes you just stand in a room with people or sit around this table and somebody got to tell the person either at the head of the table or someone at the head of the table got to tell the other 11 people at the table. This is the way it's going to be, man. Mm-hmm. I love your complaints. Cool. Attach them to carrier pigeons and send them to my crib. But I don't care. This is the way it's going to be. And I think for some reason, which we keep trying to appease to the point where it's going to be a field goal kicking contest. Because mm-hmm. someone's not going to like the two point contest. It's going to be like, oh, you got to kick a 50, 50 yard field goal in your third overtime. It's going to be like a soccer shootout, you know? <laughs> Straight up. It's going to be, it's going to be one, it's going to be seven on seven, no rushing, go routes. Because yeah. someone's going to think that's a good idea. They're going to have some kind of leverage in NCAA, and that's going to be the new thing. And I know the college fans are going to kill me because, you know, they don't want their game to look like the NFL. But there's got to be a better way. It's got to be. Got to be a better way. So we are now just about at or over the halfway point for some teams in the college football season. So, you know, what are our takeaways? What have we learned? Mr. Logical seems to have learned. Stay away from picking college games. Oh, my goodness, man. Listen, (laughs) from now on, I'm just picking a home team favorite. That's it. I'm I'm not even going to front. Hey, well, you know this weekend. And you're the favorite, I'm picking you. Well, this weekend, we got a big one. If you don't tell me you're not the favorite, I'm not even going to acknowledge. I'm not going to render an opinion on your game other than whatever facts I have. So when I get USC, UCLA, wherever the game is, I'm not sure. If they say it's at UCLA and USC is a favorite, I'm not even going to touch that game. I'm not going to talk well, about it I was at ask all. You, you know, because, you know, USC goes to Notre Dame this week, you know. Uh, so, you know, like, interesting, interesting, interesting. I'm going to talk about Reggie Bush, Leonard, the Bush push. Yeah. I'm going to talk about Brady Quinn. Yeah, I'm going to look Manti up the line Tail. right now. Uh, I'm going to talk about up. all the historical players that have been oh, involved Notre Dame. in this game. And I'm not going to render. I'm not. I'm, so to I'm, your I'm, point. I'm so bad at it. I, I thought your, I was good. To your point. I recording it. To your point, Notre Dame is favored by two and a half. Don't care. I, I, <laughs> I'm, still, I'm still not doing it. I'm not doing it. I get USC's defense has given up a they've given up 82 points in the last couple of weeks, so a couple of seasons they beat. I get it. I understand all the facts, but as USC Notre Dame is a big game. I haven't gotten one big game correct yet. Well, you got but look, you got another chance because this weekend Washington is a three point favorite why, at this home is against why, Oregon. This is why one eight hundred gambler is a new number you can call. Because you tell yourself you have a chance. That wasn't a thing. When I first started going to casinos back in like 06, 07, 1-800-GAMBLER was not a number you could call because you thought, I see this one thing to turn around. It's because people like me kept making wrong decisions. Some people making them on the gambling, on the tables. I'm making them here in our podcast that we created for ourselves. 
I have been abysmal at these these picks. And it's like I've watched these games. I watched, I picked Notre Dame to beat Ohio State. Didn't work out. It's just like painfully just sometimes it's like the game is just so bad. I'm just like, why did I even think that this well I picked Kentucky to beat Georgia? You did. And you picked Ole Miss to beat Bama. And the say I picked Ole Miss to beat Bama two weeks ago. Hold on. I picked Texas to beat Oklahoma because I said they weren't going to be able to handle it. Well, I picked that one too, you know. Hold on. I did did some more. I had some more. Okay. Uh, I picked Kentucky over Georgia. I picked Texas over Oklahoma. I picked Washington State over UCLA, and I picked Notre Dame over Louisville. I'm done, man. I'm done. (laughs) I I can't pick it. I'm not picking anymore. I love love the fact that it's going – this shaping out this way because – um, it seems as if the last three or four years, the college football landscape has been kind of stagnant as far as the viewer, the ebbs and flow of the feelings of the viewer. The last two years, we knew October 1st, Georgia is the best team in the country. The Joe Burrow year, we knew October, oh, those guys are different. We might have thought, Oh, Bama, Bama would get them. You could you could think that every year because Bama was the team prior mm-hmm. to Georgia and prior to LSU. They, they the almost state. got them. 46 to 41. They almost got them. Almost got them. Then you had a before then it was like you had the Clemson run. Clemson to get this team because there was no one that was going to beat Clemson in the ACC. Everyone, I think Georgia Tech played them tight one year with Trevor Lawrence. And Trevor Lawrence came out. They put the backup in, I believe, went a couple of games. But for the most part, from the Deshaun Watson years to Trevor Lawrence, Clemson was a team that was going to battle the next SEC team. And I, th- I think it kind of got a little stale. This year, you know, Colorado gets an extra possession. They get the touchdown earlier in that, the previous possession on USC before USC went down and missed the field goal. You know, they get that touchdown then, and then USC misses a field goal, and they come back the next – like, we could have a whole different story. Even with Colorado State against Colorado, um, Alabama losing to Texas but still not looking like they're out of it because they, they got right back on track. They didn't look great against USF. They lost to Texas, then they got right back on track. Yes, they're not beating teams – 41 to 14, like we've known them to beat, you know, teams years previous. LSU, Jane Daniels playing like a Heisman candidate, but they just got the two losses. You know, well, Florida like, State. That's what I was going to, one of the things I was going to bring up. Bama, it's all in front of them. You know, uh, they got Tennessee and LSU both coming to Bryant Denny. And they win both of those games, you know, or, you know, they went out, they get to Atlanta and maybe they play Georgia and all bets are off. And what looked like a failed season, a failed season. Could turn around and they're in the national championship game. And and how fitting would it be? How fitting would it be for Bama to end Georgia's run? (laughs) It will be tough, but I think, I think when you like, we'll think about like quarterback with a good defense. He knows there's good defense. He could take that shot. Mm-hmm. And as you know, now the weather's starting to like maybe start change down south. Far still the same, you know, you got some dome games and things like that. But we're just 
you know, we're mid-October time frame. Weather's not too bad. You can get a couple more wins with this this pretty good weather mm-hmm. and get a couple more confidence games. You probably, Maybe you don't get a windy game. You don't get a cold game. You know, you're 8-0. You know, like you're 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 feeling it. The defense believes in you. You believe in yourself. You saw what Stetson Bennett did. It wasn't like, as if you're replacing a legend. Like if you're replacing, like replacing Joe Burrow's season, sixty touchdowns, undefeated season, just beating the brakes off of people. That's tough. Stetson Bennett just was a really really good quarterback with a good defense. Mm-hmm. You can see. You can look in the mirror and say. I'm just as good as Stetson. I can do what he did with this same defense. And I think that's the confidence. And, you know, the coaching staff, they're used to coaching on these parameters, not having – they didn't have a dynamic quarterback like C.J. Stroud or Justin Fields or Trevor Lawrence or, like, Deshaun Watson, one of these guys. It's kind of just Caleb Williams. I mean, he's been looking good. He's one of the best in the league. Yeah, but he's he's not one of these guys that's like – people are coming to the games and see right, him. Right, right. You know, he's not a quit yours, you know, something like that. So it was like we're winning with the essentially we'll call him a B plus quarterback. I'm not I'm not trying to be disparaging, but he hasn't really That's shown true. a lot to be yeah. like, oh I'm a I'm a top flight quarterback. But he's like, I'm not bad. So, so but he's so not I- as dynamic as one of these, you know, some of these top Heisman candidates like a Jalen Daniels. Ma- imagine like Jalen Dan- Jalen Daniels behind that Georgia line with that Georgia defense. So, so, so can I give myself a pat, pat on the back real quick? Uh, Want a drum roll? <laughs> no, that's fine. I'm going to take it back to the old school. Y'all WWF fans know Barry Horowitz. I'm going to pat myself on the back. So check it out. You know what I mean? In August, before the season started, 2-5 daily. I Documented. You. I said, you know, look it up on YouTube. The video is called... Who will be this year's TCU? We're going to reshare it after the show. And, and I went down two teams. I said Wisconsin, but I didn't know about Wisconsin because they're changing their whole offensive identity. And the other team was Louisville, you know, with Brian Brom coming home, you know, or Jeff Brom coming home, head coach, you know, quarterback extraordinaire, went to Purdue, took Purdue to the Big Ten title game. All He's that. Back in Atlanta for a while. Yeah, and and now he's at Louisville, back at his alma mater, and I looked at the schedule because that's what you have to do when you make these kind of decisions and picks. I looked at the schedule in the ACC this year. They got no Florida State, no Clemson, no North Carolina. So now we're in a doomsday scenario potentially. I don't think this is actually going to happen, but it could. You know, Florida State, North Carolina, and Louisville are the only undefeated ACC teams right now. They could finish the season undefeated, all three of them. Or Florida State could finish undefeated and the other two finish with one loss. And they don't play each other. So you got to figure out who's going to play who in the ACC title game. Because I was looking at the schedule. Louisville goes to Pitt this week. Next week, they play Duke, who may not have Riley Leonard. They got Virginia Tech and Virginia at home, and then they close the ACC schedule at Miami before they play their rivalry game with Kentucky. So the Kentucky game obviously doesn't matter in the sense of the ACC championship game. But Louisville has a chance to win out and go undefeated and meet Florida State or North Carolina in the ACC title game. So it hasn't happened yet, but I made it this far, so I'm going to just get that off you know, right now. 
right. You know. But uh, like, but, yeah. I think six teams is enough for you to go ahead and toot your horn. So I, I applaud you, know, you for that. Like I said, then, I, I told myself I'm I'm no good at this. I'll get you better. Know, you know, but yeah, so you know, uh, of course, you know, we had some games this weekend. The Red River was a great game, as it generally great is. Game. Great game. Great game. And this is why, folks, you know, out there in X World, I guess it used to be to X World out there. You know, you can't say anything because people are going to come back at you and say, didn't you say that this team was going to do this? And then last year, Oklahoma went six and seven and everybody said, get Venables out of there. Like he's a coordinator. He's not. A I admire the patience. I admire the patience because I would have I probably would have gone after one of these offensive head coaches. It was just one year. Now. This is Sometimes the question. You, you still can know. You still can know at the year. Well, it's not question. like just one year. It's like that's a long time. This is the question. Could Oklahoma make the playoff before Lincoln Riley and USC? If USC keeps playing defense with nine dudes on the field or whatever they're doing to give up these points. Because there's no way you're out there with 11 talented players from Texas, Arizona, Colorado, the transfer portal, and everywhere else, Lincoln Rodgers getting players. You out here just giving up 40 burgers every single week. I'm going to assume you just took two dudes off the field to make it tougher on Caleb and help him bolster his numbers for the Heisman because their defense is so bad. Well, what's crazy it is, is so that he bad. Brought, it's, they just give up points to everybody. He brought his everybody. court from Oklahoma with him. You know what I mean? So like he should have left him in Norman. Yeah, and then he should have got rid of got him last the, year. They should have got to the airport when Lincoln Riley's family was all dressed in USC yeah. colors, and be like, "Oh my, my bad, dog. You staying here? No, no disrespect. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get a dude league. from the Los Angeles Rams to come in to be a defensive coordinator because no, you no couldn't stop a faucet. <laughs> no disrespect to the Green Wave, but once they gave up forty six to Tulane, he should have been out of there. You know, but uh. But looking at the schedule, because that's what I do. Look at the schedule. They go to South Bend this week. They got Utah coming in next week. Utah's no offense, though. You know, it's, no, it's, it's I know, not an but, offensive team. But Utah pushes them around. You know, like they they got their number. Well, Cam for Rising, Cam Rising. Well, like we'll you, see. Sometimes, like the quarterback dynamic in college football is a lot like the the quarterback, especially when you have one. That is a like last year the Red River shootout was a 49-0 Texas B yeah. Oklahoma. Yeah. Dylan Gabriel Dylan didn't play because yeah. he, he, he caught a a concussion yeah. against TCU mm-hmm. on a slide. Mm-hmm. He slid in this Texas game too and got hit. Um at this point, you might be better off just running into the defender. Because the <laughs> ground, the earth is probably tougher than the dude. Because Gay was a big dude, big Hawaiian quarterback. He's a big body, 6'2, 6'3, 225, 230. You're probably better off running into the safety who might be 6'1, 215, versus letting the safety drive you into the ground on these slides. Like, yeah, you got to protect your shoulder. Use your right one, you're left handed. <laughs> Just right foot, right shoulder, because. He caught another one. Is like the reason you weren't in the game last year because he he slid late mm-hmm. and got hit by. There was out for a few weeks because of concussion. But just that dynamic, just that ability, even the play, the touchdown that he threw, I thought he was sacked. 
but he's left-handed. He didn't have to move. He didn't have to move his eyes. And for some reason, the ball came out, and Scott Anderson was in the back corner. How about, the, how about the run on that last drive? You know the that? run. I like the the pass he threw the stoops mm-hmm. where he got open. I just I just thought, like I get you know because we're gonna talk about the whole going forward and moving the ball up and down the field. They didn't move the ball at all in the second half. Texas needed to. Texas needed to get more points on their drive. They needed to convert and keep the ball out of Oklahoma's hands because when you're down and you need a touchdown, you play with your hair on fire because collectively everybody's thinking this is the end of the game. We got to get in the end zone. So position coaches, offensive coordinator, head coach, players being subbed in and out, quarterback, Everybody knows, like, listen, we gotta score a touchdown. That that I think that I think that stress acts as a relief. Whereas defensively, you're thinking the whole time we can't give up a touchdown. Because it looked as if Texas was playing like if we give up a touchdown, we're done, we're done, we're done, we're done. And Oklahoma's like, listen, all we need to do is get a touchdown. And they were making the plays because that whole second half, the Texas defense stood their ground. They played great, but that's when they were mixing in the run and the pass and screens here and slants here. But when it when the rubber met the road, the one team that had the urgency being down, they were like, oh, we got to get a touchdown. Oh, I think they were like they could have tied the game up with a field goal. But once they got that pass to Stoops, it was like, oh, we're going for a touchdown. And that's why Texas sent the house and old boy was wide open because they didn't get the communication and the safety dropped down in the box. And the corner was basically in between the two wide receivers on the end zone. I don't know how Gabriel saw it, but I thought he was sacked. So when that ball came out, so it just it's just a very tough position to be in. Well, it looks I think like- it was a great game. I think Texas being the loser of that game, because one of the percentages they were talking about was like, if you win the game, you're 73% likely to make the playoffs. And if you lose it, you're like 26 or something like that. Well, the good news is they may meet each other again in the Big 12 championship game. You know, coming into the season, I had Kansas State against Texas. So that wasn't one of my better moments because Kansas State went and got it put on them Friday night in Stillwater. But uh, did it better than me. But, but, you know, uh, Kansas may be the last chance. The Jayhawks may be the last chance to beat Oklahoma. If not, Oklahoma may win out, get to the Big 12 championship game, and Texas might be waiting for them in a rematch. You know, so that's where it gets crazy because do they get the SEC benefit where if Texas goes to the Big 12 championship game, beats Oklahoma, is there a chance and both they get of them both get in. in? Yeah, like that's where we're going to – because it's well, Texas and Oklahoma, right? That works. That Yeah, that's true. They both travel. They'll both fill a stadium. They'll they'll fill Arizona if they play a game in Arizona. They'll fill that stadium if they play. If there's a game in Jerry World, they'll fill it. If they have the game in New Orleans, I think they can still fill it. Even if they play in the Georgia Dome, the Sugar Bowl, yeah, is like, their BCS game, well, think about it. Let's, playoff game, I think they can fill it. I think so they can fill any stadium from Arizona to Georgia. 
So let's flesh this out real quick. So, you know, just real quick around the country or whatever. You know, so you got Texas and Oklahoma probably playing in the Big 12 title game. You know, in the the ACC, in the ACC, I think most people more than likely think that Florida State's just going to go undefeated. So, you know, if so, Florida State takes up a playoff spot. You know, now you got the SEC. Okay, you know, Florida State. So you haven't picked the Big Twelve yet. So you, you so you want to write down Oklahoma, Texas for this scenario? I just, yeah, just want to write this, it down. Yeah, just for the scenario. Just for the I'm scenario. Okay, yeah, yeah. Texas. Not an official. Not an official prediction. Just we're just we're just doing scenario. One of those two. Okay. Yeah. So then you got them playing in the title game. You got FSU undefeated. You know. So now the Pac-12 is probably going to cannibalize themselves, and I don't know if anybody's going to make it through undefeated, number one. Number two, I'm not so sure somebody's going to make it through with just one loss. You Who know? has to make it through to definitively get a spot? I would say USC just off a of name. USC has to be undefeated? Or yeah. They got to win the Pac-12 championship. They gotta, USC has to win the Pac-12 no, 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 championship. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. USC has to win the Pac-12. Washington or Oregon probably has to be undefeated. Okay, so you, know, you got but, but but the so way that USC this, has to be oh they could be a one loss they could be a one loss yeah and still have a chance. But Washington and Oregon have to be undefeated. Yeah, because I think it's just this sounds crazy, on, but it like it makes complete sense to me. I well, feel well like it just it, it just depends on who they lose to. I'm just going off of name recognition and brand, you know, because like this weekend, Oregon goes to Seattle, you know, so the winner of that game is going to be sitting pretty. Because like I said, U- USC, they go to Notre Dame this week. They they play Utah next week. They get their break with Cal. Then they get Washington at home, Oregon on the road. And then they get UCLA. So USC, Pac-12 champion with one loss gets in. Yeah. A one-loss Oregon, a one-loss Washington, Pac-12 yeah, so, champion. So Oregon, looking at Oregon. On the outs- out on the outside looking in. Yeah, it just depends on who they lose to. You know, uh, because Oregon and Washington, like I said, they play this weekend. Oregon, so, so that gives me Ohio State. That's the fourteen. Right, so, so Big Ten, so Big Ten. You know, Penn State, Ohio State next week in Columbus. You know, so but this is the trick. This is the trick. I'm not trying to do the Homer thing. I'm just looking at the schedule. Maryland plays Michigan in between. Penn State and Ohio State, so they're the sandwich game. Does Penn does Michigan lose focus, lose to Maryland, and mess it all and, up, and mess it all up for themselves? Right, that's a possibility. I'm not saying it's likely. I'm not saying it's likely, but they go to Happy Valley to play Penn State. They go to Maryland, and then they close out at home with uh, so Ohio is, State. What does Louisville need? Because we also know, like Louisville has to we, just be undefeated. They're, with a loss, Louisville they're not has defeated. to be has to be undefeated, and they have to be because Florida. we know that part of the discussion is. I don't know if it's the high end of discussion or the underneath of the table conversation, but it's does this team sell forty thousand tickets? NFL stadiums about seventy to eighty thousand. Jerry World is an anomaly, but you got MetLife up here. There's about seventy thousand. I think Miami Stadium is close to sixty thousand, but they're so I think they're so far down in Miami that I think they're good with 
only selling sixty thousand. Well, see, I believe like, if they played a bowl game in Tampa Bay, it's like seventy thousand. Most NFL stadiums, you're looking at eighty thousand. Louisville, and most of those 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 go those games are at NFL stadiums, the championship. Louisville has to go undefeated, and I believe they have to beat Florida State in the ACC title game. It can't be North Carolina. It has to be. Florida That's what I'm saying. State. I'm talking like some of these some of these conferences are gonna have to send an undefeated conference champ. Yeah. USC can be a one-loss Pac-12 champ. Mm-hmm. SEC can send a. They can send a one-loss Bama because then Bama would have beat Georgia. You know what I mean? But this is the question. This is the question. And they could also send a one-loss Georgia. But that's the question. That's the question. So, like, the SEC gets the benefit of the doubt generally every year. We're you know, so the that. SEC like, champion is probably. The SEC champion is going to be in the playoff regardless, probably. But this is the question. Georgia, last year, you know, they had Oregon on their schedule, you know, to start the season. The year before, they beat Clemson to start the season. This year, they don't have that out-of-conference game. They played UAB. What they do have is, can Georgia three-peat? Exactly. And that's why they're going to get in, probably, with a loss. Because... you, you, I got it. Listen, I love college. I'm the commissioner of sports. I am the CEO of sports <laughs> entertainment in America. I love sports. I loved it my whole life. But I got to sell 40,000 tickets to this game in Arizona. So do I put USC and Louisville playing in Arizona? Outside of Luke Air Force Base, or do and hope it sells out with USC fans sixty thousand to twenty thousand for Louisville fans, or fifty five thousand to twenty five thousand, or do I guarantee I'm getting forty thousand Bama fans, forty thousand Georgia fans, and forty thousand USC and fans? And not to mention, I can't TV. bank on Washington State getting or Washington Washington getting. 40,000 people down here. Uh, well, not to mention TV, too, you know, because, you know, these playoff games are on ESPN. They're on TV. I got yeah. the stadium has to be two definitive colors, just the and, way the Red and, River shootout was from the from the 50-yard line. And it has to be rated. The 50-yard line south. I got to get the Texas versus Oklahoma completely divide a stadium. I don't know if I can completely divide a stadium with – the Washington Pac-12 champion. Maybe you can get some people from the Pacific Northwest down to Arizona, but if that game has to be in Atlanta, am I going to get Washington fans Good luck. to Atlanta at at four at the number of thirty thousand, twenty five, thirty thousand? It's like probably not. This is we 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 have years of information like. I believe I went home. I went. I took my kids home to Virginia. Two thousand nine. Whenever I will play in a BCS bowl or like a a top bowl game, an Orange Bowl, and we flew from Salt Lake to Atlanta, Atlanta, Virginia, and back. And I remember seeing a lot of Iowa jerseys in the airport at in Atlanta. And I thought, oh, that's pretty dope. They must have flown down, but I'm like. I don't know how many Atlanta. I don't know how many Iowa fans were in the stadium. Right. I know a guy when Auburn played Florida State 
in the national championship was in the Rose Bowl in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. We were stationed the Hill. His daughter, like he was from Alabama. He was an Auburn fan. His wife was from Alabama. His daughter, her husband were from Alabama. from Alabama. And I don't know if they were living or working in California, but they found out that national championship tickets were like $200 because they couldn't fill the stadium mm-hmm. because the cost to get all the fans from Alabama and Florida and just that region, I'm pretty sure there's Florida and Auburn fans all over the country, right? but just right, to right. get people from that region all the way out to Pasadena and yeah, then you got to take care of the hotels and all that. Yeah. You got the hotel. So you got to get I got to get every you got to make sure that it's enough money that's going to flow around. And then you got to get them in the stadium. If I'm already paying three, four, five hundred dollars for a hotel for one night, I don't have I don't want to spend six hundred six fifty for two tickets for me and my lady to go to this game. I'll spend two fifty. And so he flew from Salt Lake to California, $200 tickets for him and his wife. I think he bought his wife. They all, all their tickets were less than 200 bucks because like they had to fill the stadium. Well, and that's, you, uh, that's a part of the decision making. Well, since you brought up Iowa, you know, shout out to Iowa for winning a game with no completed passes to wide receivers this weekend. Sounds like, I mean, if you look around the NFL, if you it's want like to tight end, you want more Iowa. Yeah, reverse Tebow. You know, um, you know, shout out to the Utah State Aggies. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Down 17 nothing to the world infamous Colorado State Rams, and then proceeded to outscore them 44 to 7 the rest of the game for a 44 to 24 win. Hey, I told you to watch out, Fresno State. You know, I told you to watch out. They went up to Laramie and they got got. And guess who Wyoming got on this weekend? Off we go into the wild blue yonder. Air Force, baby. We can win that. Air Force. We winning undefeated. that. Undefeated. We winning that. All right. So here you go. You know I mean, so here you go. Here's fly, your fight, win, aim high, all of that. Here's your G5 for the week. You know, right. Fresno went down to Wyoming. Marshall went down to NC State. You know, right now, I haven't looked at the score lately, but Liberty is playing. Uh, um, right now, I'm going to go. I'm going to look at the score real quick. Because Liberty is undefeated. So here we go. Let's see what Liberty is doing. You know, so Liberty at this moment, I think the game should be over by now. Uh, Liberty, they won. Okay, so 31 to 13. So Liberty 6-0 and now. So they have a shot at the New Year 6. Liberty, I said, Virginia. You know, but other teams that are involved in this conversation – Air Force, like I said, they're undefeated. They get Wyoming at home this weekend. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. In the um, Mountain West, or I'm sorry, in the, in the MAC, you got Miami, Ohio, Ohio University, and Toledo all five and one. You know, so they're still alive, but they're in the MAC. So they're going to have to have some chaos probably for them to get in. Tulane is still a one loss team. They go to Memphis on Thursday night. Keep your eye out for that. Tulane's only a three-point favorite in that game. You know, then you got James Madison, who I'm about to piss off Mr. Logical, because James Madison is still undefeated. It can't even go to a bowl game still because of the transition rules. 
So this is the second straight year in a row that they're probably going to end up with the best record in the Sun Belt. It can't even go to it can't even go to a game. That you rule know? makes no sense. The expectation, yeah. like the the rule, it make would make sense if you're. It doesn't make any sense because you're essentially pulling the team up from what would be like a relegation for your league. So you're right. pulling up a team from a lower level into your level. The expectation that they would just be so much better than the teams that are already in your level that they would be taking away a postseason spot is unlikely because you're pulling up a team that isn't on your skill level because they're already at a different level. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing. I'm pretty yeah, sure they got like, the same it, thing in college basketball. It's an anom- yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure it's an anomaly, but in the same sense, it's like why is that rule even place? It's like if you're if you're a boxer at 135 and you want to move it to 140 i'm not gonna tell you oh you gotta wait two years before you get a chance it's like oh you were boxing at 135 like i don't expect you to come up here and beat me at 140 yeah come on up welcome to the party <laughs> like it's just that like i don't know why you would have a yeah, Roy like jones ain't supposed to win the heavyweight title yeah am i supposed to move up like just <laughs> eating peanut butter sandwiches at 2 a.m i'm all of a sudden i'm gonna beat the heavyweight champion of the world like that doesn't make sense even, even as the skill you are so yeah, so Air Force. I get it. I mean, pretty sure it has some rules. So Air Force and Fresno State, both, uh, both in you know, obviously in the Mountain West, Wyoming's there. So Fresno gets Boise at home. Air Force goes to Boise. If Boise gets their stuff together, that could be the difference. But Wyoming could mess it all up if they beat Air Force this week. So how awesome would it be to see a service academy in the New Year Six? I mean, it would be dope. Air and they Force say they love Alabama. the military, and they sell, <laughs> and they sell all the hoodies and the gloves and the towels. This Give me Air Force sports. against Alabama. I need it. They don't. They don't. <laughs> they don't love the Cinderella because the Cinderella doesn't keep people watching the game. The Nielsen ratings don't work because I need you to watch the game for sixty minutes. Well, I think it works if it's Army or Navy. I just don't think Air Oh, Force people love the Army Navy belt. game. Yeah, yeah. I don't but think the Army Navy National Championship game. I don't know if people are lined oh, no, up for that. For that. They're not gonna yeah. lie they'll that. fill up they'll fill up half for the link for the Army Navy game, but they're not right. gonna fill up Jerry World for it. So before we move on, you know, I said we'd talk about it. So, you know, if I'm Jimbo Fisher, I'm going for two. You know, so you know, 214 left in the fourth quarter. AM down to one timeout, down 26 to 17 to Alabama at the two-yard line. Jimbo Fisher kicks the field goal to make it a one-possession game, as he should have logically, 26 to 20. Okay. And then so he, yeah, that's that's my whole point. I, I only yeah. have to say oh, no, 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 we still gonna get logically. into it. But yeah, Alabama, logically. but 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 I feel I feel you know that each game has its own identity, each opponent has their own strengths and weaknesses. Now, AM was struggling moving the ball up and down the field against Alabama. They turned it over a couple of times. So I feel, 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 I feel you're at the two-yard line, fourth and goal. You just get the touchdown. You just, you just, you tell your team, get us to remember Dion uh against Colorado State. What was it? I need four good plays or whatever it was. You know, I need y'all to go get two yards because I can't trust you. Obviously, you can't say this to your team. I can't trust you to get the ball at the 30 
and drive 70 yards against Alabama with about 40 seconds left or so to get a touchdown. But yeah, but what, that argument I can get a field goal is mathematically you're down two possessions if you don't get it. You have to divorce yourself from this concept that who you're playing, the stakes on the line. You literally have to, as a coach, because I think that's where a lot of guys get themselves into trouble. A lot of coaches make decisions based off feelings and the time where feelings should have been left at the door. There's one of my favorite lines from uh, Ocean's Eleven. Uh, Brad Pitt's character, Rusty, is teaching Topher Grace and a bunch of like early 2000s like pop stars like popular culture stars how to play poker and george clooney comes in and he makes a big bet and then brad pitt's character goes what's the first rule of poker and then they said some asinine stuff he's like leave your emotions at the door i think at a certain point in the game you could be emotional you could be jimbo fisher i want to be the guy who taught me how to be a head coach i want to beat nick saban I want to be God at his business and all these other, all these things can encapsulate your brain. But when it boils down to it, you got to look at it like, okay, what do I need to do here for my team? My team's down nine. I, and we're 214 left in the game. I got it. We collectively have to get this game to one possession, no matter how we do it. You can say go for the touchdown or go for the field goal. But I wouldn't kick the field goal on like first down and whatever case. But at fourth down, I've heard that that narrative before. Where mm-hmm. It was like you get the ball to like the 30, 34 yard line. You just go ahead, kick the field goal. Save the time. Save the time and then try mm-hmm. to kick the, the onside kick and get in. Then maybe get a couple of keys. I don't really subscribe to that narrative, subscribe to that narrative because I haven't seen that work. But what I have seen work is the team kick it, get in one possession, and then get the ball back, and they have that that hair on fire we got to get in the end zone, i.e. what Oklahoma did. Granted, Oklahoma had more time and more talent, and they were more evenly matched with their opponent. But Texas A&M, is, they have top recruits. You know, they have yeah, top they had the number class, one recruiting class two, class two years ago. Like yeah, two, two years ago, and I think probably like two of the last three years, they were in the top three to four recruiting classes. So it's not like they're ta- devoid of talent. It's just you are completely out of opportunity if you don't get the game into one possession at that point. So so I think and the argument, like I said, the USC argument with Arizona, like you said, mm-hmm. when they got when the 28, I wouldn't have gone because there's still time left. But if I'm if this is a walk off shot, i.e. what Philly and Washington did, uh we talked about, and we'll talk about the Josh McDaniels piece too, but like with Philly and Washington, it's like, I'd rather go out here like Leonidas and die on my shield at that point because there's no time left. No one else has to make an impact play, but I don't want to put my defense in the position of where they're literally going out there for nothing. If you're down nine points with 214 left and only one timeout, you're sitting your defense on the field for nothing. It doesn't happen in the fourth quarter. Yes, we have the crystal ball random play call fumble but that's not a commonality what you do have is being down six getting the stop getting the ball punted to you at that point if i had to do the math you run one play for 
you know, you get the kickoff that goes at the back of the end zone. So you're down six. Kickoff goes at the back of the end zone. 214 left. Alabama runs a play, takes four seconds. They call a timeout. You're down a 210. They run another one. They call their third down play with a minute 30 left. They don't get it. And it runs down to about 50 seconds. Alabama calls a timeout, punch you the ball. That takes about seven to eight seconds. So you're at 40 to 42 seconds, but you're only down one possession. If you don't get the field goal, then they can do that same thing and you'll get the ball back at 40 seconds and you're still down two possessions. You're not going to get, you're not going to make up those points. Well, you know, I like what you said about leave the emotions at the door, but I feel like football teams are full of emotion. That's, and I feel it. like I, they don't take knees well, when they don't take time out when they take This is why they don't take the starter out. You have to know your team. I think you have to know your team in some ways. I know the situation more than your team. Well, well, no, no, I'm saying like, like in, in some ways, like if your team, if your team is like, say, teetering, you know, like your season is on the line, which A&M's was basically the SEC West, you know, the jump in the front seat was right there for them, you True. know, so, so you got to know your team of, even if I don't, if we go for it and I don't get this. We're done. That's what's the hold, hold up, but hold up, but hold up. Done. Hold up. Like, mathematically, but do, uh, you are done. Right, right, right. For the purposes of that game, yes. But do I build something with my team? No. You know what I'm saying? I, no. I don't know. You made a bad decision because uh, you only because made a bad decision because it didn't work. No, 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 no. If it worked, you're a hero with the No, because Matt, because you, you can't, because you there's nothing you could do down nine points in one play. Either way so, it goes, you needed to score twice. I'm you just choosing I'm choosing a different way to score twice. Yeah, you're choosing the way that Cuz even if you keep the field goal which they did, you're down they didn't six, get the ball you back. Of course. So right, that's what's what I'm the saying. Like, being down two when not having the ball back. If you're down two and you don't get the ball back, it's fine. But if you're down nine, there's no literally you don't even have to send the defense on the field. Alabama has to do nothing. I'm they have to do all talented motherfuckers. It's not about trust. Two yards. It's not about trust. That's, it. That's the thing. You can't get the two trust. yards. We it's, don't deserve to win anyway. The, the trust is irrelevant. The trust okay, is irrelevant. Okay, hold on. Hold on. So what, what you're telling me is, so what you're telling me is, instead of going for two yards, go Correct. for seventy. Correct. No, because like but, if I'm right there, it's not guaranteed that I'm gonna two, get back down there. But that's the thing. If you don't get the two yards. Even if you get an opportunity to go for seventy, is futile. That's okay, what I'm saying. So, so, but if but you don't get the two look yards, at that look at that math. But, it's, but the the the, the, the you, clear math is like you're down nine points. No, the clear math you're down is two possessions. Two in four, no, the, the clear math. No, is, the math the clear is, is two, two possessions. That's where you start. No, no, that's where no, you start. You start with the two possessions. No, you start with two possessions. No, you start with two possessions. That's where you. That's where you start the math from. The math is simply this. I am down two possessions. That's the first thing you have to understand in that situation. When you're at fourth and goal, you make that decision. I'm down two possessions. If I don't get this touchdown, I am down two possessions. And then you go, I got one timeout. It's only two minutes left in the game. I cannot get the ball twice in that two minutes. There's nothing you can do 
realistically, other than some miracle at the Meadowlands, and yes, we did see it happen with the Miami so, uh, Georgia on, Tech game, which like, is a com- total anomaly. Like a two point conversion it's not about what's more likely. Extra, no, no, I'm asking the, the question. This is a separate question. It, what's more likely, an extra point or a two point conversion? An which, extra one point. Is, which one is more successful? Extra point. Extra points mathematically. So why are we telling successful. these teams to go for two then? The reason I tell you to go for two is a separate situation because being down two possessions, I can try to keep my finger in the frame, is that <laughs> you got it. If you want to win that game and there's time left on the clock, you got to get it to one possession game. You have to. You can't, you can't risk being down in a two possession game. Arizona USC overtime USC gets the first touchdown now Arizona gets a touchdown the difference between going for two there is like it's the finality the game is going to be won or lost on this play we can win the game off of this gamble mm-hmm. it's like it's like like I said I bring up gambling a lot if I'm at a casino and I've made all these bets, like the, I think the last time I went to Vegas and like really gambled, I was probably up like two G's, two different days. Like granny, we ended up spending it, but I was up a lot. So I can take $300 and spread it around the table because I'm up damn near two G's on my gambling budget that I came there with. I can make that. And whatever happens on this next roll, if I lose, I can walk away because I'm still up. When you are down with two possessions, you can't gamble because it's not like it's not like a do or die situation. If I'm the underdog team and we got opportunity to win the game a la Boise State versus Oklahoma, why am I going to keep going back and forth with the Heisman quarterback and the Heisman running back when I can just run this one play and if we lose the narrative is Oklahoma barely beat this team or whatever the case may be but if we win it's glorious Jimbo Fisher doesn't didn't have that luxury because he needed the ball again for that moment now so like I just I understand what like for instance if he was down 10 if he was down 10 right in that situation I would say kick the field goal if they would have got the ball back and they would have scored a touchdown, I would have said go for two simply because either it's momentum or it's the mm-hmm. one expects you to people aren't it's not a lot of people are picking we're picking Texas AM this year, last year, or next year to be one of the kings of the SEC. So in that situation, you're down 10, you get the field goal, you get the touchdown, go for two for the win. But going for the touchdown doesn't – not getting the touchdown in that situation doesn't improve your situation. And in, in that situation, I'm going for it. Like, I, I can understand if I was at the You're eight. going for the circle of emotion, though. Mathematically, I'm not nothing going for about it off of emotion. I'm going, I'm going for it because I think that the more likely scenario is – no, not emotion. The more likely scenario is that I'm at the two-yard line right now and I can get a touchdown – versus having to go 70, 75 yards with 40 seconds or less, you know, versus 
being able to get in field goal range in that 40 seconds or whatever. But in that same sense, what's go more 30 yards to get in field goal range. I don't know what's more likely to happen. That's why you got to be honest with yourself. We're not moving the ball against Alabama, so we're going to get these points while it's right here. Mathematically, mathematically, what's what has happened more often? A team not scoring a touchdown from the two-yard line or a kicker missing a field goal from the two-yard line. What's 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 happened more often, realistically? Probably just no caveat. Missing Probably not missing getting the two. touchdown. I mean, not, not getting, getting the touchdown. I mean, yeah, 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 not getting the touchdown. <laughs> not getting the two yards. Yeah. So if the and I also most saw USC miss a twenty-five yard field goal, and it happens. You know I'm not saying like, it doesn't happen, I'm saying, like, like, but I'm not saying it doesn't happen. So what if the kicker misses the field goal then? Think you're in the same position that you're exactly. in if you to so miss the touchdown. Exactly. So why not just go for it? Because what's Instead more likely to happen? The math, the math, math. I'm not a big analytical guy, but I'm a big common sense guy. I am 98% sure I'll make this field goal from two. <coughs> it's probably 67% from the two yard line on fourth and two or fourth and goal situations. It's probably a lower number. Like I, said, I don't have that number to analytical doubt. Like, you know what I mean? It's not like you had so three. That, once again, you, you have the only recourse you have is to get the three points, be down one possession, and just hope. Because you keep your you give you keep hope alive by getting the three points. It you completely de- <laughs> you completely devoid your team of any kind of hope if you're down nine. There's literally there's nothing you can do if you're down nine. Where you can make an impact on the game. I think. I think in that moment, I'm down gonna, six. You know, I'm not saying that that's my decision every time. I'm not saying that every game that's my decision. I in just don't. I don't see. Game, I don't see the winning. I don't see. I don't. I, I get. I get what you mean as far as like mathematically trying to get seventy yards versus getting the two. Especially when it's been a struggle for me to move the ball anyway. But with that being said, if if it's been a struggle. Like if I had USC, if you're a goal, if, if you're a gold miner, if you're a gold miner, and you're out there in 1849 San Francisco, and it's like, man, I haven't been getting any, I haven't been getting big gold chunks. Then take the little ones. You take the little ones. You let them pile up, and then you come back and maybe you get the big one. You don't let the little ones go. So right. in that situation, you gotta get to you gotta get to where Alabama has zero pressure on them if you're down nine. They don't have to worry about because check it out. If they're down, if you're down six, like we talked about this in, in our pre-beating, you're down six. The first handoff, it, the first play is gonna be a run. The second play is gonna be a run. Probably from shotgun. Maybe you have an issue with the exchange. A la what happened was Missouri and LSU and Jane Daniels. Mm-hmm. They did like a little RPL and the guy got through and punched out Jalen Daniel uh Jane Daniels' hands. Granted, that's not common, but Missouri being down three at that point, they had like that was their move. Like, oh, I need that kind of play to happen. We didn't know that Miami was gonna give us this miracle bonehead decision later that day <laughs> but in that situation when the missouri defender punched out of his hand alabama doesn't even have to do that against texas a&m if they're down nine they can literally just go under center easy boom take a knee i'm fine texas with that. Call their times out i'm fine with and that. then 
but that's the thing. You asked me the you're, question you're, in a press conference. So, so Jimbo, so, so, so you remember we talked about, I brought up how they had a fourth and one at like Bama's 45 in the first half and he punted it. Mm-hmm. Did you, 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 you know what this fool said? They asked him um, if he thought about going for it in that particular moment. And he goes, I would have probably went for it if it was fourth and inches. Like, man, if you don't get your ass out of here, like <laughs> 36 inches. 36 inches. If you don't get your ass out of here. But 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 like I, I don't know. Like, like it, like I can only I, 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 I understand what you're saying as far as like I I think, and you, you correct me if I'm wrong, I think your decision to go for it based on the fact that it's like I don't know if I'm gonna get this close again makes sense. Mm-hmm. as far as like how you feel about the performance of your team. My situation is that I don't want to put my team in a position where I'm sending my defense back on the field for nothing. With no chance to win. Yeah. With no, no I, I, chance. I, I, honestly, I I'm sending these dudes back on the field. And it's like, I'm literally sending them out there. Uh, Indianapolis week, week one, Indianapolis versus Jacksonville. Instead of kicking a field goal, he kept running his quarterback, who ended up getting hit and going out of the game when they could have mm-hmm. just kicked the field goal, been down one possession, and then gone back. Granted, the injury is not the part that I'm concerned with. Right, the part right, that I'm right. concerned with is like the fact that you walked away from that situation without points. You put yourself in a position where you could have been down one possession, and maybe someone makes a mistake on the hands team. Maybe they only send 10 guys out because – a guy's not expected to be on hands because another guy's hamstrings getting worked in the ten. He doesn't. He doesn't get the message, and it's eleven on ten, and you get the ball back. Anything can happen, but no, so, you don't no, give I yourself just, a chance. I feel like being I down two possessions. Like, I just feel like in life, you got to take a chance. There's, there's decisions to be made, and there's consequences, and there's rewards, or whatever the case may be. And then we go for it. We don't get it. I step up to the mic and they say, why did you go for it? I say, because I figured we could get two yards. All right. And that's the end I of the live, I live in Jersey. I live that's in Jersey. I'm going to Vegas. I'm flying to Vegas. My flight leaves at 8 o'clock Saturday morning. I know I'm a party all weekend long in Vegas. Does it make sense for me to go party in New York City and drink all night and then hope that I can get to the airport in time? To get my flight to Vegas, or do I sleep, get up on time, and go to Vegas? I'm guaranteed to have a party. You have in Vegas. a few drinks and you sleep because you're a grown ass man every, that should be able to control every, yourself. Yeah, but That's every why. everybody <laughs> knows I'm gonna have a ball in Vegas. Soon as you get before yeah. you check in, they give you champagne well, or you're getting an old fashioned. Well, well, first of all, like, I don't drink that. Dessert. I don't drink that often. But if I were a drinker. And I needed a drink. I would have one or two drinks, and then I would go to sleep. And then or I would I'd be wake like, up you know what? I'm gonna lay it down because I'm going to the party city of America you know in the morning. Why do I need guess, to be drinking at eleven o'clock at night in New York when I'm about to be drinking at eleven o'clock in the morning? Like, in Vegas? But if I chose to have a drink, I'm gonna have one or two. So yeah, if I, I miss my flight, my you ain't gonna miss your flight because you had one drink. Uh, listen, I'm not gonna unless somebody laced it. Like laced potato chips, baby. You know what I'm saying? But no, but like no, I think no, no, you're 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 right as far as like I feel I like I said, I, I feel you on your the, piece. I'm like, I'm not gonna know, be like I'm right and you're wrong. You, you I know, feel what you're saying, but I just no, think I, mathematically I totally believe, I totally believe sending, that sending, you're right. I think sending I the defense think that, back out in the field 
that's how you get stuff like you get a you get a guy you get like you get an ending like Tennessee versus Florida, where a guy overdoes it trying to create a fumble when the game is out of hand. Well, you know and now what, you got a scuffle. You got you, you you you. I think you just you just it's just so many nuances to that decision that as a coach you got to lock out. You got to lock out who you playing against. You got to block all that out like this. You got to block it all out, make a decision, and then go forward. You know what? So maybe all this time, maybe me and Brandon Staley got more in common than I thought. Man. <laughs> but speaking of that, so uh, I know we like to talk about how Kellen Moore, you know, isn't this great offensive coordinator that everybody thinks he is. But – Maybe he wasn't the problem in Dallas. Uh, I they just got pushed around. I don't even think they got pushed. I think I just I didn't realize I didn't realize San Francisco was that good until you watch it. And Chris Collinsworth was loving. He was loving what Fred Warner was doing and what Greenlaw was doing. And what Brock Purdy was doing. So you're getting a lot of replays, a lot of breakdowns from a former NFL All-Pro. It was like the Fred Warner interception when I think Dak was throwing a slant like Michael Gallup. Somebody got their arm in. Fred Warner was going to his left, realized there was no one coming in his zone, and turned around. And then the ball just basically ended in his hands. It's like that kind of instinctive play is just a little different when he punched the ball out on the sideline. Granted, it didn't touch the four dudes that were going out of bounds. If right. it would have touched any one of them, it would have been a dead ball, Dallas ball. They could have kept it moving. Right. It's just that they just capitalize on every play. I think Brock Purdy has the he has the confidence within himself. I think Kyle Shanahan is finally like, yo, I got my guy. Uh, there's no one looking over his shoulder. Jimmy G's in Las, you know, in Las Vegas. Trey Lance on the other sideline. Apparently, Greg Kittle was like hard to cover. I guess Dallas didn't get the like 85 is really good. Um, he blocks well, and he also catches touchdown passes. So maybe we shouldn't just. Maybe we shouldn't bracket Debo the whole time and let him just run across the back of the end zone the whole time. I think he had like three catches for 67 yards and three touchdowns. Um, I just I think it's one of those games where one team's at home, they were on, and they had success early. And Dallas is nothing Dallas could do about it. I'm not I was never a big fan of I'm never a big fan of the head coach calling plays anyway. Because mm-hmm. I think it, I think it kind of like narrows his focus. Even if he tries to focus on the defense, even if he tries to focus on schematics, I just think he's so concerned with what plays didn't work. Because if you're a head coach and the defense is out there getting the asses kicked, the whole time you're thinking these are plays I got to call to make up for the defense giving up these yards or giving up these points. And then if you go out there and you go three and out, or maybe you you know you get a five play drive, whatever the case may be, you're going to be thinking about oh the the that last drive I just called. What can I call differently while the defense is on the field? Mm-hmm. 
That's why I'm not I'm not sure how often it really works. I know Sean McVay did it for, you know, does it. Uh, I think Matt LaFleur does it. Arthur Smith does it. Mike McCarthy. I think Doug Peterson calls the plays. Sean McDermott doesn't. I'm trying to think. Tomlin doesn't call the plays. McConnell in Minnesota, he calls the plays. Campbell doesn't call the plays. <coughs> Andy Reid. I think Matt Nagy's calling them now. And the enemy was calling them. Mm-hmm. For the last few years, Eberflus doesn't call the plays in Chicago. So I think, I mean, it's probably a gift and a curse. But Mike McCarthy has such a problem with like clock management, time management, expectation management, that calling the plays just might be just too much for him. And Dak, let's keep it a bean. I like Dak. People like to say he sucks, he sucks, he sucks. Listen, it's one out of 32 jobs that he has on earth. I think he does it well. I think the problem is he isn't dynamic. He's not He's not going to give you the touch throws like Joe Burrow. He's not going to give you the Lamar, the, Jackson. Athlet, the Lamar Jackson athleticism. He's not going to give you the combination of what Josh Allen does with his legs and his arm. I don't think he gives you – doesn't give you the same confident swagger as Trevor Lawrence – he doesn't give you the accuracy. Yeah, he's just a solid Curry. hard worker. He's just a solid hard hard worker. Yeah. Kirk Cousins, Dak Prescott, Desmond Ritter, you know, Matt Ryan. You know, give me a couple of like couple of guys. You know, just those guys are just like, you know, just like lunch pail guys. They just come in, they do their job. They're always the attitude's always right. They don't blow up on the sidelines. And I th- think the fact that they paid him nearly $40 million a year, I don't know how the contract spread up, but I think it's somewhere near 40 and the potential that because they don't have another guy that his next contract could be near 55. Mm-hmm. I think that's the part that's kind of like giving people like pause for concern, but realistically, he's just like, he's your top 12, top 14 quarterback in the league. Mm-hmm. He just happens to be playing for America's team and he's playing for like McCarthy and George. It just, the whole thing doesn't seem to fit. I don't know if they have the depth that running back. I'm not sure. Like, I just don't like the way they. I don't like. I don't like the way they operate their offense. I'm still not. Uh, if I'm Dallas, I still don't hang my head though. You know, like we got our asses kicked. You know, whatever the case may be. If I'm in the locker room, you know, we got our asses kicked. We got our. We got it handed to us by a better team. You know, but as like the reason that. I picked Dallas because I picked Dallas to go to the NFC championship game. The reason that I did that is because when I look at the rest of the NFC, outside of San Francisco and Philly, I don't feel like anybody else is really better than me. And I haven't played Philly yet. So there's no reason to hang your head. But I think Dak, these last couple of seasons, Whenever they play good teams, he has these type of performances. But he, but he so, had that before they paid him too. Well, that too, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah. very, he yeah. was very close to. It was something like, I remember someone was pointed out, but it was somewhere along the lines of like a sixty-five percent win ratio when he's playing teams that didn't make the playoffs or like sub eight hundred yeah. or sub five hundred year before. And it was close to 500 when he was playing against teams that made it. Granted, it was like, you know, you got the division games and stuff like that. I think it's just it's just a matter of like he he just he might be he might be what he we think he is, which is 
a tweener. Yeah. Starter. Mm-hmm. Really good backup. Mm-hmm. Who flashes. Because yeah. if you think about it, like I don't know if I don't I can't recall a game. Like we all can recall games of guys like Tom Brady throwing 45, 50 passes, or 40 passes winning the game. We can we can recall Mahomes throwing a lot of passes winning the game. Peyton Manning being down, you know, 20, 17, 20, 21 points in the game in the fourth quarter and just going out there and slicing and dicing it and, mm-hmm. and getting wins. I don't have that Dak moment in my head. We we have it with Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford. No, like we, we lost it because, you know, like we had that moment. We talked about it before. Like, you know, he may have outplayed Aaron Rodgers in that playoff game until Aaron Rodgers made that pass to Jared Cook. But that's a back and forth thing. You know, but but I'm just I saying they, were, they were down. I think they were down like 21 eight or 21. Well, I think Dallas some... jumped out early and Green Bay came back. I thought Green Bay jumped out early and Dallas came back. And that, I thought it was the other game. way around because 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 uh, Aaron Rodgers made that pass to Jared Cook. And that's the one was... Skip Bayless always says Mason crossbar, you know, because uh, he hit yeah. all the long field goals, you know. But either way it goes, the point being is that. He's shown that he can go. But that was seven years ago, too. No, it, it was. It definitely was. But that's his but only moment, if you really think about it. That's, I mean, you might be on yeah, so that. Yeah, that was seven years ago. So I think what it is is a matter of I'm not sure if the Dallas the Dallas game plan when he, that year, that 23 touchdowns, that's why I said 23 touchdowns, four picks, four rushing touchdowns. I'm not even a Cowboys fan. I just remember, like, that's the perfect way to operate your team when you have a young quarterback. Get them, run the ball, two, three running backs, couple of tight ends, because he was throwing the ball to Witten. Like, just don't let his ego, don't let his check and his ego match. Is Dak better than Romo? No. I agree. You know, but but yeah, but uh, I guess San Francisco is the real deal. <laughs> if there was any questions, you know what I mean. Uh, we we talked about in our sports group, and I sent you the the Nick Wright first things first clip. Yeah, and he he ref, he referenced the five and L Brock Purdy led Kale Shanahan San Francisco 49ers led team, and he said he 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 offered a hypothetical situation which it made sense to me what he meant but it's like unnecessary because i know like the the domino he's trying to set up he was like i think that san francisco looks like they're the likely team to represent the nfc in a super bowl but if it doesn't happen it'll be then it'd be because of brock purdy but there's no evidence to support and kevin wilds the other guy on the show was like yeah if you just if you offer some evidence to support your argument we'll believe you because really there isn't it's just a matter of saying it to make you think well i think a lot of people are i think a lot of people are caught up in the fact that he was mr irrelevant you know seventh round draft pick i think some people literally the most irrelevant Right. And and, and I'm sure some people are still holding the 28 to three against him. They're against Shanahan. They're holding the Super Bowl against Kansas City against Shanahan, the 10 point lead in the fourth quarter. So like 
I think people come in with a predisposed, I don't care how good San Francisco is, they're going to blow it. I think that's how people view them in some, like, they're the detractors. Like, they're detractors. People, like, we keep using this phrase, people, just recognize success. Just just recognize that it's Yeah, however it's done. You, you however it's done. win the game. It's because if you think about, let's think about how. Wish Ron Rivera had some let's of think, that. Let's think about how the, the we'll go back to 2008 Super Bowl Giants-Patriots. The Patriots were 18-0. and They had just beaten the Giants a couple weeks before, or a few weeks before in the last regular season game. Because, like I said, I was on my way to Iraq. We stopped in Bangor, Maine. We were watching the game, and we had to leave at halftime. But to leave at halftime, we took off, and the pilot said, "Like, listen, I'll keep the the satellite link on so I can call back and get updates on the game." And everyone cheered, like people booed, and some people cheered when they said that the Patriots won the game. That that made them sixteen and zero. So Asante Samuel, in the late in the fourth quarter, missed an interception that Eli threw right to him. Yep. The 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 helmet catch play. Three guys had their hands on Eli. And the offensive alignment just happened to just keep – they didn't even give, like, maximum effort on the block. A couple of them just kind of looked like, oh, this is over. And they just kind of pushed. And Eli just was like, no, nah, I'm getting out of here. And he throws it up. And Rodney Harrison, you know, Hall of Fame safety, couldn't rip this dude's arm away from his helmet. While he's holding, like, that's chaos. Like, that shouldn't happen. But because <laughs> of that, the Patriots lost the game. So if you have a team that's 5-0 and – you have a quarterback that hasn't lost a game other than the game where he got hit to the elbow by a helmet of one of the best defensive linemen in the league last year. I mean, they finished the game, but all the other evidence you have is that he did not throw the pick in the game. Peyton Manning threw a pick six in the Super Bowl, essentially mm-hmm. the New Orleans one. He's a Hall of Famer. So everyone has the bad throw. Tom Brady threw the pick and the the, the the Falcons one that put you know the Falcons up 21 to 3. If they operate differently, Tom Brady's still a Super Bowl champion, still a Hall of Famer. But in a couple of playoff games, he threw a bad pick. Brock right. Purdy hasn't had that moment. And I get that it's gonna come, but predicting that moment as a demise of the team that's still five and oh, it's just it just seems it seems less like an analytic approach, more of a, I just don't want to agree or believe that this guy is the guy because his numbers are on par with your top flight elite quarterbacks. And I think the narrative is there's less of them than people want to believe. Mm-hmm. They all aren't elite. Tua, Josh Allen, Mahomes, Joe Burrow, uh, Lamar Jackson, all these guys, they want to lump in that elite crowd. Brock Purdy's in there. And Herbert. some of those guys, <laughs> Herbert, some of those guys that they want to throw in there aren't. And the only reason you can't put Purdy in that conversation or you don't want to is because you got to take Herbert out. You got to take Lamar out. Got to take Russell Wilson out. Got to take Jalen Hurts out. You got to take Joe Burrow out. You have to because Elite can't be seven dudes out of a 32 team, 32 positions. Elite has to be two or three. So Brock Purdy's in that range. And it's like, if I put him in here, I got to take these other guys out that I want to keep thinking they're elite. Yeah. Um, That's the Brock Purdy conundrum. 
Yeah. And, you know, I got a Ron Rivera conundrum, you know what I mean? Because, you know, against Philly, he don't want to go for two. He you just know, coaches because he loves football, man. They, they play Chicago, and I see a guy go eight catches for 230 yards, you know, uh, and, and it's just like, so coming into the season, I had this argument with all my commander fan club you know i let them know how terrible the secondary was and how terrible the secondary was going to be and i said it here on this show a few times and they kept saying no like you know they got talent they're young and no they don't got talent they don't like like i said something in the group today literally where i was just like yo can we just sign mccall hardman and swap him over to db you know like, like the last time we had a good corner was Quentin Dunbar, who was a former wide receiver. But, but you know, but, 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 but like when I look back at this, Justin Fields is now that new conversation of he's arrived and he's here. And I'm just like, look, oh, can't man. take away what he's done in the last two weeks. But he played against two of the worst teams in the league Denver you know, and Washington. Yep. And he's going to play against Minnesota slow ass secondary this week. So I expect him to probably have another good game again. What I know. think, what I do in my, what I do think about Justin Fields part of his, like, I don't know if he's cocky or if he never, his confidence never wavered and it just came off as cocky because he under, like, his team and, like, you know, a lot of his, his performances. Because he hadn't had a 300-yard passing game until Denver, mm-hmm. you know he he hadn't looked like he hadn't looked like the talent that all of his measurables, you know, count and match them to until the mm-hmm. Denver game, and then he did it again against Washington. So I don't know if it's a matter of like my confidence was never shaken, and now people around me can see, like, oh, he really does have it. Like he, I think. I mean, it, was, it could like, just it be the been... coaches being like, "Yo, do it, just do it." Like, because I know think, I, I think he might be like, "Yo, he's probably he maybe he's sitting in a meeting. He's not like, not like, like yo, let me cook." Demonstrative, but just like, "Yo, I can do this." Because they went to DJ more. I think it was the first play. The first play, and you know, like I said, I, I watch, I watch a lot of NFL games. I think why, what, when I watch a game and it says something like Devontae Adams hadn't. Has only had two he had targets. One target in with, the first half. No, he had one with, target with, with all the way two minutes up left. until five minutes. minutes and fifteen seconds left in the third quarter was when he got a second. How target. does that happen? Yeah. How does how how was how do we not go and get and create a a one on one matchup? Or like I guess I said, his like, former team at that. Like like I would imagine that he knows Jair Alexander pretty well. Put him on Jair if they go cover three. Because once you go cover three, basically that's man to man after you get certain depth. Yeah. Just put it up there. Like my guy's better than your guy. And I think DJ Moore is like, listen, I'm better than the dudes that are trying to cover me. <laughs> DJ Moore, because he recorded, I believe it was two years ago when he played against, it was when he was before they could change their numbers, he's playing for Atlanta or playing against Atlanta. And so he, uh, that was my daughter telling good night. Uh, he had a 22 mile an hour. He caught like a, a drag route and turned up field. And it was like 22 miles an hour. 
it was like the fastest recorded like touchdown reception that year. So like he has like the talent to make these things happen. I think he was just they just sat down. I was like, listen, man, we got two games against two secondaries that are pretty average. Let's just go for it off the bat. First play, let's just go. Because we can run the ball all game long and see what happens. We don't have to run it on first down of our first possession to start the game off. Because we can run if he is incomplete, we can run on second and ten. Give me this shot. And they were like, oh. Washington did not read a single email on DJ Moore or text message <laughs> or nothing because he was running wide open. And Chase Claypool was probably sitting at home like, y'all couldn't do that last week. I know. As he said, two weeks or now. two weeks ago. You know, so so do they have a chance to beat Minnesota this week? I think they do because I think, well, I saw that Jefferson's on IR for four Hamstring, weeks. Yep. Mm-hmm. So he's out four weeks. Uh, Pick up KJ Osborne in your fantasy leagues. <laughs> I think I, I like Kirk, I like Kirk Cousins a lot, but one thing that I did notice watching quarterback, I do like him. I think he's very personable. I love the way he interacted with his wife and her picking on his clothes, but I do sense a lack of confidence. And big I, moments, I, I and I think got that's that. reflected in his prime time. Like, yeah, record. I think he's got that. Like, ah, I've seen this before. Oh, you know, or, oh yeah. gosh, I don't want to mess this up. Like this, right, really, right. Like the Philip Rivers. Philip Rivers was, was a confident guy, but in the same sense, is like you saw it in certain spots where he limited himself mainly because he couldn't move. Like he just what he couldn't get out, he couldn't extend plays, he just was limited. Um, Drew Brees, the same thing, just wasn't big enough to like just take a lot of hits and things like that. So I think Kirk Cousins, I think his sometimes his confidence you can tell takes a hit. Yeah. And when the lights are bright, he I I think he when he's on Monday night football and the game starts and they go four or five plays in the first drive, no points turnover in the second drive i think he sits down and processes this monday night football that is a fumbling team and and i think (laughs) i think it trickles down from from him like this you know conversely with 49ers brock purdy came in when they were a super bowl caliber team last year most super bowl caliber teams yeah philly went to nick Foles. But Nick Foles was a starter at one point. One year he had 27 touchdowns, two picks in a season. You know, big dick Nick, all that other stuff, all that, you know, just that 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 bravado. And he just stepped right in as a a starter who, you know, a backup that used to be a starter. And Philly kept rolling. And they won a Super Bowl and beat Tom Brady and he won MVP. The 49ers were down their third quarterback, and the first guy was a guy that People probably didn't think of play. The mm-hmm. second guy was a the guy they wanted to get rid of. And the third guy being Brock was Mr. Irrelevant. But his confidence resonated through the huddle. Whereas I don't think Kurt has that same confidence. I think Justin Fields now has that confidence. Whereas Ray runs the huddle. A, a guy that doesn't have it, I think even, even with his wins, Garoppolo is a guy that just never really inspires confidence because he's another guy that doesn't. Get down 13 and Garoppolo's your quarterback, and you got eight minutes left in the fourth. I don't recall him 
he he makes slicing a lot the of, dice and, and getting you 14 points and you, you win know, the big 28 was, to 27. Well, you know, the big thing, you know, I always hated quarterback wins, you know, like it was always about his record with San Francisco when he played. And you because know, it just, was terrible without him. No, so I know. I but just, I just him watching him, it's so hard to understand because he makes some dumb throws. Like literally, Green Bay should have probably had six picks last night. You know, the, like he's the, the only dude. The picks he threw against Pittsburgh. It was like. Jimmy, Jimmy Garoppolo is the only dude that I've <laughs> ever seen Excuse me. take a flea flicker and try to throw it 10 yards or like. He's the only dude I've ever seen to catch a flea flicker and damn near throw a pick six off of a flea flicker. It just doesn't make sense to me. I don't understand it, you know, but, but you know, but when I look at the Raiders, you know, like I'm not a Josh McDaniels guy, but I mean, makes sense. They do play hard. They do play hard. They don't, they don't fold. They don't, they don't get, down. How much is that is Josh McDaniels, or how much is that is John Gruden drafted some hard nosed players and they just I don't still know. happen to be there? I don't know. Or, or I mean, part of that could just be yo, we're Raiders. I mean, it could be culture, you know, where you know the silver and black doesn't die or whatever. Like, you know, like they, they've always been a team with an edge. So, like, yeah. maybe it's just in the culture. I don't know, but I mean, he's the coach, and if he if they weren't doing that. We would blame him for it, so I'm gonna give him the credit for them doing it. You know, said blame for it because he just does so poorly. I think. Hey, I, I just think he just does. Ever since he got caught cheating, I think his <laughs> record is something like eight and thirty-eight or something, something ridiculous like you that. Know they were six to start off, and he was cheating those old six games, and then he's been subpar ever since. <laughs> You know, you know, something else that's crazy is uh, you were talking about your college football picks. And I was thinking about this, like whenever we make the NFL picks, I say all the right shit and pick the wrong team. You know, like oh, I said, yeah. literally I every Sunday, one literally, literally. And I get a text. I should have picked Houston. I know it's just stuck to my gut. I should have picked Jacksonville. I should have stuck to my gut. Literally, when we the first thing I said last week when we did our preview, the first thing I said was Jacksonville has been in England this whole time. They're going to be there for two weeks. Buffalo didn't fly there until Friday, and they had to adjust and body clocks and all that. I, I said that. That was dumb on their part. They should, and have, I was flown still, on, they should have flown on Monday. And they looked like it, too. They should have given the guys, they play Sunday. Yeah, They should have given guys Monday off and said, all right, report to the airport for our private jet at 11 Monday night, and they would have flown. So if they'd have left 11 at Monday night, that's 4 that's four a.m. in London. It's a five-hour flight. They land at 9 a.m. You get them a quick walkthrough Monday or Tuesday morning, and then they, you know, just some film, getting checked into their hotel, getting some sleep, and then you start Wednesday with whatever alarm clock acclimation, training, stretching, seeing a trainer. And then you could have started your practice Thursday, Friday, and been ready to go. I don't know why you would wait till Friday. You know, but yeah. So, so Buffalo, you know, um, you know, how do you get over your woes? You host the giants on Sunday night football. That's how you get over it. You know, (laughs) they on prime time again. Yeah. Buffalo on Sunday night. No, talking about the Giants. I guess we're oh, the yeah, coach, yeah. coach of the year. So, 
Yeah, so you know, but game. uh but yeah, so so like you know, I think that like this week past, you know, showed us a lot of things like the Buffalo, I'm sorry, not Buffalo, the Pittsburgh Baltimore finish was something to see. You know, uh Joey Porter Jr., which was the corner that I wanted, but we took Emmanuel Forbes, you know, made the big interception on Odell and told him to go be a family man. And uh I love that by the way. And that's, uh that's toxic. That's that shit talking one on one. Yeah, and then Kenny Pickett, you know, hit Pickens, you know, 41 yards out to steal the thunder away from the Ravens. So that was a game where I picked Baltimore to win the NFC North or the AFC North. And, you know, I thought Baltimore had a good shot to make some noise in the playoffs. But it's moments like that where it's not Lamar Jackson's fault always because the Ravens, I think they had seven drops or something along those lines. But it's just like y'all just can't – whatever the reason is, I feel like Lamar Jackson doesn't make the play, if you will. And, you know, it's funny because – you. I tried to send it to you last night and it wouldn't open up, but you know, it had RG3 cussing on Monday night football. You know, like it sounded like R. Kelly I out there. People are like apologists for Lamar Jackson. And it's like you people want to see him team. do well. Y'all did the same thing with Michael Vick. Nah, I don't I think I don't think people Vic was exciting. Always. Vic didn't come out there and say, I want to be something else. Vic was like uh, I don't study film. I don't do. I audibles. know, but y'all ain't want to hold I'm him accountable. I'm gonna just go. Y'all fans. It wasn't about lacking him accountable. accountable. He was winning games. He was winning games. The he best never way. made the playoffs in back-to-back seasons. He broke his leg one year. He went to the NFC Championship game one year. He was MVP candidate one year. He was on the cover of Madden. He was one of the most exciting players of football. I'm yeah, not he was saying still that the overrated. Playoffs- anyway, we we ain't gonna get into all that right now. We let's focus on the here and now. Boy! About the about the break of the podcast. So I told you, hey, I told you, Allen Iverson, Michael Vick, Tupac, one in the same. I told you that. I told you that one in the same. Fighting words. We love them Come so on, much. Man. We love them we so much. Love for who them, they are. That's the thing. That I, that's the thing. No, no, no. That's the thing. No, no, no. That's the thing. You gotta love the guy for who Dion didn't play for Atlanta for that long, but I I love Dion. Sometimes you just got to go with the love. You got to go with the feeling. You got to go with the gut, I think. Oh, the feeling, he says. The feel- Listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to argue with you that I think Vic or like, oh, I would have taken Michael Vick or Peyton Manning if I had a chance or anything like that. I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that, oh, I would have taken Randall Cunningham or, or you know, or the Michael Vick. No. But what you have in players like that and players like Lamar, we used to just love players. No one cared about how, how many playoff wins does Barry Sanders have one. off the top of your head? One. One? Yes. How many rings did Emmitt Smith have? Three. Three. We don't care about that. All we care about is the play where Barry Sanders had all the Dallas Cowboys piling on top of each other when he spun them around and ran and scored a touchdown. And we care about Emmett Smith playing out, out there with a separated shoulder. We cared about the players in of itself. I think people like Lamar to that old nostalgia kind of level. Mm-hmm. The problem is you try to make an argument that statistically an impact 
like his impact is on par with these other elite quarterbacks and it's not and, it's and not. it hasn't been and right. it hasn't been his entire career but that's yeah, the problem he won, though he, he won, won unanimous MVP, MVP so like, <laughs> which is fine unanimous but he also did that when I was like 215 pounds five years ago things change <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying like things there's nothing wrong with things changing I think that's the problem is that because I've heard people say that this year since watching podcasts is like you mean to tell me you're taking this guy over unanimous MVP? And like, yo, that MVP was a whole president ago. Like, like things change. It's a long that's like, time. That's like when we talk about the NBA and they be like, yo, so-and-so had all these all-star teammates. And it was like, he never make the all-star when they were together. Like <laughs> exactly, yeah. The white, the white Howard was a, a, a top ten center the player of the year, but not when he was in the bubble. Yeah, not or like Marcus All. Oh, he was a defensive. Yeah, not in Toronto. He wasn't. A, you know, like that was in Memphis. That was Memphis. Gasol. Well, that's, that's, that's and that's my thing. beef, and that's my beef with college football. Is that like you know what I mean? Like everybody, this is what we do. Like Alabama is. The I understand player. the nostalgia. I understand you know. the nostalgia with college football because the teams overlap, and coaches like Nick Saban does compete for national championships. He just won with Mac Jones. He is his team is in the college football playoffs. Of Mac Jones, and they look, there. they look, they look, they look like they belong. And that's the thing. I think a lot of times we want. We want the guys we like to be in the the conversation. Yeah, you know, like I talked about Nick Wright with uh, Trevor Lawrence, the five touchdowns in five games is like I get it. You like him; he's gonna be next. I when I saw the playoff game between Clemson and Ohio State, I remember a couple of plays inside, like the five yard line. Clemson had, and it was a couple of pass plays. And Trevor Lawrence got the ball, and the way, like the way he just kind of looked, made his decision and threw the ball. I was like, that looks different than what the quarterback in Louisville was doing at that time, or the quarterback in Akron does, or the quarterback in Texas. Like it looked, it looked like he was a level above. It looked like he knew something, and he played differently than these other guys. And then when Justin Fields took that big hit in the back. And then later in that game, through that deep post route to Chris Olave, they both look like I'm doing this differently than the other 20 dudes on the field right now. Wow. And it and it looks it looks that part. And I think when when guys come into the league, you have a guy like Lamar who looked like, oh, he was going to be a guy. But it's like, I think he's coming back to the mean, as you like to say. He might just be a really average athletic quarterback. Well, whatever – I think of Jimmy Garoppolo. Then I guess Mac Jones is like the wish version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Mac Jones and Sam Howell are in a pack to get their coaches fired. Hey, don't, hey, you watch your mouth. Listen, you watch your mouth. Sam, Sam Howell, Howell, Mac Jones, they're trying to get Belichick fired. And that is Sam not Howell true. is trying Sam to get Howell does not have fired. an offensive line. So, so the enemy, you got to make up for that. You got to get rid of the like, ball quicker because he does the same thing. I watched that game. He did the same thing where he slid into the rush. He's versus, like fifth in pass yards right now. And Kirk Cousins is probably fourth. And they got four. He's losses. second, I think. I think he's second or third. You know what I'm saying? So like the yard, the yards are one thing. Because like, well, okay, we'll look at the Justin Fields. He has eight 
touchdowns and one pick in his last two games, like the uh-huh. most over that span. But like, you're definitely not going to slot slot him above Mahomes, even though Mahomes. Has no, been I'm playing not sliding Sam Howell above nobody. I'm just saying that like he's playing like he's trying to get somebody he's fired. Playing somebody like hired. a dude that has only played five games in his career. That's what he's playing like. You know, because you're doing the Matt Ryan thing. I tell you, you do that all the time. Like, all these quarterbacks ain't going to come in and turn into Joe Montana overnight. Okay, it doesn't work quick, like that. I give you that. Okay, I give you that. I'll give you that. I'll give you that argument when it was this previous era quarterback reign when they basically didn't get college-level coaching until they got to college and they became the starter. Trevor Lawrence was an elite 11 at 15, 16-year-old. Justin, Justin Fields, Tua, we've seen all those Trent Dilfer. Those guys, these guys are getting college coaching at 16 years old, like real college. Which is if it's still not below the NFL. It's still below, but now let's look around the league. How many quarterbacks in year one and two look awful? That are still starters year three. Mac Jones had a Pro Bowl year's first year, and you saw some flashes, and then he had the defensive coordinator, and now they don't have the talent in New England. Like Bill Belichick has just not put a talented offensive team around him. So he might he might have a shot. Zach Wilson, I think we've seen enough of him, realistically. He's had weapons. Yeah, he's gonna be a good backup. Uh we'll look at a guy like he Trey Lance. better than Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold is another well, Trey, guy. Well, Trey Lance is like he's not. I don't want to. He put didn't him in look good. He didn't look. Well, no, I know, I know, but he, he also, didn't look like any. Like he did that throw. That, he also that, didn't that play. That's the problem no. with him. He didn't play. I, I don't care how much you played. If you threw fifty passes and none of them looked like they were, that was your first read. And well, no, time, I'm talking about in college. He didn't play. Like that's what I'm saying. He, he didn't. He you could tell when he got to the league versus these dudes like. These dudes that started for like two years, I, I just don't feel right comparing just, him to it's, them. It's not – I don't think it's a matter of like people pulling the plug too early. No, I, I don't you think – You have he, enough because if you think about this. No, you just got to figure out. How many practice videos do we see of Aaron Rodgers he's in Green Bay throwing the ball into the trash can? How many <laughs> practice videos do we see of – Tyreek Hill running past guys. How many practice videos did we see the, the, the of Stafford with- throwing no look passes? There was a like we didn't see any leaked Trey Lance good passes. No, the we problem- didn't see any Zach Wilson passes. It's because you know you know when a guy has it, and you I, need it to be successful. I think the problem with Trey Lance is that there's not an NFL team out there that is willing to punt three years. So, like, Arizona – let's look at Arizona, for example. Right? That's the thing. Like, no team has had to do that in the last 15 years. That's what I'm Not saying. Like, no, team. no team's going to do that. That's what. That's my point. Like, like, even with Arizona, like, Kyler Murray's out right now. And everybody was like, yo, they're tanking for Caleb. Arizona should literally probably be, like, three and two right now or something like that. Like, you know, they should have beat Washington. They should have beat the two, Giants. They're, like, two and three, right? Yeah. They, they they're should, one and four. They, 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 uh... Yeah, they're one. Okay. They're one and four. One and four. They beat. Right. Okay. Uh, Keep going. I'm they beat Dallas. That's it. They beat Dallas. Yeah, yeah they're they one and four. Yeah, they should be three and two right now. You know, they should have beat Washington. They should have beat 
the Giants, you know, but, you know, like, so I can't say that they're tanking for real. We just looked at the fact that they were starting Josh Dobbs, you know, who didn't even go through training camp with them. They didn't go to training camp we, with him. They made a trade for him like Labor Day and he was a Yeah, and we were like, what later, the hell yeah. are they doing? You know, but Trey Lance needs a team. Like, if this was the NBA, Trey Lance needs to go to, like, Detroit. You know what I mean? Like, somewhere that knows but that's that the they're thing. not right I don't there. know like, if there's that's no team really the there. case. I don't think that's really the case. Because I, 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 I use Mark Slurp. I use Mark Slurp as my example. Like, I, 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 I love listening to Mark Slurp. I think he just gives, like, just very poignant analysis. Yeah, my man Stink. Stink. He talked about Colin Cowher asked him a question. It's probably like three or four years ago. He was like, How quickly do you know? Because it's around a draft. He's like, How quickly right, right, do you right. know He's if a guy it. can yep. play or not? Yeah. yeah. And he said, Our first round quarterback versus our seventh round quarterback. He's like, We came out to practice. Me and the old line were watching the guys throw the ball around. And we were like, Who is that guy over there? And they were like, oh, that's the guy we got in the first that's round. Like, who's oh, this yeah, guy over here? Right, yeah. And he was like, oh, this guy we got in the seventh round. He was like, that guy's better than him. He's like, we knew it immediately at practice. You know, you like, you, 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 I don't know how much better you can no, get I when you're already. You. So I think Trey you. Lance's, I think the, the I'm just saying that there's nowhere the for him to play quarterback at because he's not a quarterback or he's not, he's, like, he's there's not no Sam Darnold. Sam Darnold was another guy. Sam Darnold's now. Went from the Jets to the Panthers to the 49ers. You know what you, you he's a backup. Blaine Gabbert. Blaine Gabbert's another guy. That, Trent Dilfer is a prime example. Trent Dilfer, I remember with his senior stats, he had like 12 touchdowns and 10 picks the year he got drafted. Like they had him up there with like the other top draft pick quarterbacks. I'm like, this dude threw 12 touchdowns. I'm like, <laughs> So you know, and then look at his career. Look how his career looked. His career looked like a guy who only threw 12 touchdowns a year who was about to get drafted. Blaine Gabbert was the same way. Blaine Gabbert was in the spread offense. I think he threw like 13 touchdowns and six picks. Out of the spread offense in Missouri. He just looked the part. But when you get him out there on the field, it doesn't work out. And there's nothing wrong with you saying this guy. San Francisco, I, I commend him for saying, like, you know what? This didn't work. They got lucky because their defensive prowess was just – they probably put together the best defensive team without splashes because, mm-hmm. like, Philly has a splash because they're whole tired. Like, so much of their defense is, like, the Georgia players. And then you have, like, Jordan – you know, you have uh, Jordan Davis and you have Jalen Carter, Nicobe Dean. You got all these guys, you know, Nolan Smith. You got all these guys that are just like they were big name guys in college. And you got them all on one team. I'm not sure. I don't know where Fred Warner went to school. Mm-hmm. I don't know where Greenlaw went to school. Bosa went to Ohio State. Eric Armstead, I'm not sure where he went to school. It just seemed like they just pieced this team together defensively. Tafunga, like, they just put these guys together. D'Amico Ryan's defense, not D'Amico's Ryan's defense. Hey. So. <laughs> One guess. Where did Fred Warner go to college? <laughs> Utah. He went to BYU. <laughs> Makes sense now. That's why when you started laughing, I was like, he probably is Polynesian. I know he's Polynesian. I know he has like you know Pacific Islander. Right, 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 right. Um, but no, think but, about uh, it. You don't. You didn't hear anything about him pre-draft. No, no, no. 
And well, well, you know, like, like I think that with somebody like Trey Lance, you know, like I said, like the NBA, you can get away with this. Like, you know, you can draft like Amen Thompson and like see some kind of potential that in two to three years, like even if it starts out bad, you're like, I see the long arms. So at the very yeah. least, so at the very so least, get rid of them. At, so, so at the very you, least, the he's going to be going to keep you. Well, no, I'm just saying. But at the very least, somebody is like that's a long arm defender that can get in the passing lanes, like X, Y, Z, whatever. The pass, the shot might not be there, but he can pass it and set everybody else up. Whereas in football, like the NFL doesn't have time to wait for that. Like you either going to come in, take your lumps. But show me something to where I like Justin Fields. Like, I think the idea of Justin Fields is enough or was enough for the Bears. I think the Bears are so, I think the Bears are so bad. He just blended in. No, I just think the the Bears are so bad that you don't know whose fault it is. Right, right. right, So they just bought in time. (laughs) It just was a matter of like, because they had Khalil Mack didn't pay him. Rokon Smith didn't pay him. Like these are guys that they they brought in, like didn't pay, right? Uh, and they just traded them off. They jumped up to get Trubisky, which hurt them because that was that was the Deshaun Watson, Mahomes, uh-huh. and they traded up from three to two, gave up assets. So I think they just made so many bad moves. They didn't make a good move. So having a quarterback that looked like he was underperforming was just you know par for the course for the bears right if you think about like we go back to the matt ryan flacco the 08 year if you think about all the quarterbacks off the top of our head that that been drafted and started immediately most of them were good enough to show potential like i said the trevor lawrence snapping the ball knowing exactly where to go with it very just precise throw you know like i know where this ball is going sam bradford Think about Sam Bradford when he got the snap. Did he? You ever see a throw with Sam Bradford made and it was like he knew exactly where that ball was supposed to go? No. But Matthew <laughs> Stafford, like uh, Matt Ryan's first touchdown, was a three-step drop, and it was like a like a skinny, not like a slant, but like Michael Jenkins just got inside the corner, and it was just right on the money touchdown. So his first regular season NFL game, first throw was a touchdown. That's because. When he got to his drop, that was Reed. He made the throw. Zach Wilson, tell me a throw you've seen from him where he made that kind of throw. I got Stafford's throws. Mm-hmm. I got Jared Goff's throws. Carson Wentz was a guy that you could just tell. Like, it just, a guy has or he doesn't. And I think San Francisco knew Trey Lance didn't have it. That's why they moved him. And I think it's going to be more guys like that. And I'm not, it's not a knock. I think it's, it, I, no, I it's hard. It's like, it's like, very, you earlier, well, well, like you said earlier, like you said earlier, there's only a few elite stay. dudes. It's only you a know. few elite dudes. It's 53 spots in this roster. I can't keep you if you're not giving me elite playmaking ability. Yeah, we have this conversation all across sports. It's the same thing I used to tell people. You know, you got LeBron, you got KD, you got uh, Steph. You got Giannis. You can't put DeMar DeRozan in that conversation. Like, like, you know, I, saw, like I saw something in the podcast. Spencer Dinwiddie said he's like fans that think it's 40 superstars in the NBA. Yes, yeah, he not. was like us guys in the league. No, it's like more like five. 
Yeah. Like in the in and then the guy asked him like what what constitutes a superstar? He was like, it's be like a guy that could walk into a locker room and say, Because I'm here, we're gonna win and we're gonna win big. Yeah. He's like, it's only and they named off a few guys. They named like MB, Luca, LeBron, Steph, Jokic, a few guys, and like they got to like six or seven, but realistically, like you can't even do that with Kawhi to some degree. You can't you know do it with Kawhi. You really, you can't even, you can't do it with Luca. Really, you can't really yeah, do it with you haven't seen it because yet. Yeah. you haven't seen it. I mean, he like, did what, get to the Western Conference Finals. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, he he did he did put that, but I know. think that made because Devin Booker just was pissing him off, and he was like, yeah, you know what? <laughs> I'm about to shut him up. But, but no, but, but realistically, it's like it's it's not for every everybody's not there. So like when but, they talk about the running back position, it's like, oh, we can just get a guy out the street. You can't get a guy out the street that can move the way Jonathan Taylor does. You can't get another Nick Chubb off the street. Even with Kareem Hunt, Kareem Hunt was a top running back. Yeah. Nick Chubb was better than him, and they were on the same team. Well, that's like I used to tell people, like, when we were talking about the rings last week, you know, like, everybody's like, um, you know, how the newer players, obviously, faster, stronger, all that stuff like that. And I'm like, yeah, you could put LeBron in another era. Like, yeah, you could put KD in another you can't. You can't necessarily just put DeMar DeRozan in another era and be like, he's going to be the star of that era. Or like, you can't put like Drew Holiday in the eighties and be like, yo, he's going to be, he's going to be Isaiah Thomas. And that's like, it just, and that's the thing. It's nothing wrong. I think people think, take it as a slight because I remember hearing some KD interviews or just kind of some rumblings. He thought he was the best player in the league during LeBron's like, tail end of his prime run like that 15 16 17 18 what so when he joined when he joined the the warriors, the warriors he yeah. thought that that though that run cemented him as the best player in the no it did but the people were looking like yo did you see what lebron was doing with the guys around the him team that he did yeah and the team that you matched up with like realistically you can't be like oh like once once cleveland like like i was i wasn't i don't ever consider myself to be a lebron hater yeah. i just we'll get, get back tired to NFL of, in a second. I, yeah. I just get tired of hearing his name and i get tired of talking about him and shit you know what i'm saying but i don't necessarily hate him but like after they got rid of after they traded kyrie and he hooked that team to the finals and they were like trading people mid season and every like there was nothing else to say. Like, there's nothing else to say. Like, yeah, you you, you can no feel one, how you feel, but there's nothing else to say. No one else is doing that, and that's the same thing with Mahomes last year when he took. And that's why I think Mahomes and the Chiefs are. I think they're experimenting midseason, but one of these guys has to pop. Well, the rookie's been looking good, Rasheed Rice. He's been looking good. Yeah, but they need a. They need that deep over route threat they need the guy they need the guy that can take the top off because i that think sky Moore's, to Darius, Tony. <laughs> i don't know i don't know if mahomes trust him to to run those routes i don't think they can put him at the two or the one and a lot of these formations because you know if the play breaks down like kelsey and mahomes granted they have like this this unspoken bond where right if Kelsey, if the if it's third and fifteen and Kelsey's running a twelve yard route, he just knows to turn over his right shoulder at the eleven yard mark and just kind of slide to the side because Patrick is rolling to the right. 
and he's going to get him the ball, turn it up, and maybe it's fourth and one, maybe they go for it. They just have that thing. I'm not sure if Kadarius Tony has that same kind of – like we we, we, t- we talked about with Buffalo, that 13 seconds. The first pass went to Kelsey. The first was, first went to Tyreek Hill. Mm-hmm. The first one off the snap with the Tyreek Hill, he got down timeout. And then Kelsey walked over to Mahomes and said, if they do that thing again, I could be open right over here. You know what I mean? And he was like, yeah. So then they motioned Tyreek Hill over to kind of create some congestion and then just ran Kelsey up the scene. He's like, if they do that, he's like, if they do that same thing again, I'm going to be open here. And he's like, yeah, 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 I got you. None of that made it that he didn't use any words. If they yeah, do that same thing yeah. again, I'm gonna be open at he didn't the call floor. A route. I'm he gonna didn't, be open yeah. off the scene. If they do that same thing again, I'm gonna be open. And then they did it. I'm not sure if Scott Moore walks from the sideline over to Patrick Mahomes and say, if they do that same thing, I'm gonna be open over there. And they both know exactly what right. that looks like. I think you need, and I think they, and that's I think why they're playing the way that they are because you need that. But you have an elite quarterback that allows you that kind of leeway. Whereas a team like Minnesota has to make every play. I think Miami, to an extent, has to make mm-hmm. they have to make the plays when they're available. They're a good team. Uh, I think Buffalo's another team. I think. Buffalo gets a couple of turnovers, and it's like here we go again, and it is, it snowballs. Yeah, and then there's Stefan Diggs beating up a tablet, you know, like all that. <laughs> just, just stuff like that. Getting the FedEx slip on his locker with the bill for the tablet on Monday, which yeah. pisses him off even more. Like I said, I'm, I'm, I'm. As far as college football and the NFL, I think the thing I like the most about it, and I'm not sure if. Everyone's liking it. I just I don't see anybody that separated themselves from the pack. Well, I mean, in I the NFL, I, I mean, I, I mean, I would argue that San Francisco or Philly, I, but probably San Francisco. I, but Philly was a Philly. Philly's played a ton of watch. Philly's losing the watch if they go for two points. No, I know, but I mean that's division stuff Mac, that happens. Mac that Jones, happens. Mac Jones, little out route if. Uh, Butte gets his toe down. He has another shot. You know, four ain't shots. Nobody, ain't nobody going to know. <laughs> no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I think that I think Philly. I don't say they look beatable. I just don't think they. No, the first couple of games was pack. rough because they they're breaking in new coordinators. You know, so you San Francisco that. is definitely out there, yeah. but are they out there because they haven't really been challenged yet? Is there anyone really that's, that's not able to challenge them? Like, is that a real thing? Are that's they going to go this year to where every single week they become three and a half points, four and I'm a half honestly points, at the point six and a half point favorites multiple weeks in a row? Like that does the NFL doesn't work that way. I'm almost at the point where Buffalo beats themselves more than anybody else beats them. Yeah. Like that's where I am with Buffalo. Like Buffalo should be in the Super Bowl, you know, but they just can't get out of their own way. Buffalo doesn't have an OG. You know what I'm saying? Every, every, every team. They got Von Miller. I'm talking about, but I don't know if he's playing. You know, he came back. And I don't know. I don't know if he's the, I'm talking about the, the, the team. Like the identity, like the, like identity the Ray Lewis of the team. 
the Ray Lewis guy. The Ed, I mean, the Ravens had riches. They had Suggs, Goose with the personality. I mean, yeah. they had Shannon Sharp early on. Then you had Ed Reed and and, and Ray Lewis. Like, I mean, it just it just was like riches upon riches upon riches. I think a team like uh, I like Joe Burrow in Cincinnati. I, th- I think he I think he can keep the team rallied. I, obviously, yeah. you have Mahomes. Uh, like the Giants don't. Daniel Jones got that forty million dollars. I guarantee you, everybody when he plays poorly on that team thinks about the fact that Saquon barely Saquon was begging for money and they get his two forty million dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't care what people say. I don't care nobody's pockets. I'm out here busting my ass, and you out here looking like a chump. Hey, Jonathan Taylor got times. You getting ten? Like, imagine you get four million dollars in that team. And you play safety. You're a five million dollar <laughs> linebacker. And you're out there 34 minutes a game because your offense keeps fumbling the ball away or punting the ball away. He came into the last on, game. This dude's on the bench is getting 10 times more money than me per year. So when we get paid on Tuesday, I'm out this bitch getting taped up, fingers all, knuckles all cracked up, and we're going to get our game check. And his check's going to be $820,000, and mine's going to be 82000 And he sat down for 40 minutes, and I was out there chasing – Jalen Hurts. And coming <laughs> and into the Michael. game last week, and coming into the game last week, he had two touchdowns and six interceptions on the season. <laughs> and he's and he's walking away every week. You know, hopefully he plays this 17. week. I know he got his neck all jammed up and everything. So, you know, hopefully he'll be all right to play on Sunday. You know, yeah. uh, Deshaun so, yeah. Watson still may not play this week. And, you know, they need him because they got San Francisco coming in, but uh two hundred and thirty million dollars. Yeah, it looks like he might not play, you know. Uh we'll see. Like I've you know, heard some in between, so we'll see. But you know, hey, sports is sports reports is ordered. We're here. Now we're gone. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back on Thursday with our picks. You know, we're gonna try it again. I don't know if Mr. Logical gonna participate. Listen, I'm, <laughs> it's chalk all the way. Home team favorites. Chalk all the way, you know. All saying? the way. I'm not gonna be creative. Nothing. <laughs> I am taking Washington over Oregon. I'll let you that I'll let y'all know that right now. Taking Chiefs over Broncos. Man, oh, yeah. That's the only thing I know for sure. The Broncos, yeah. Broncos are gonna end up winning 42 to 24 or something crazy like that. Yeah, and I'm taking San Francisco over uh, Cleveland just because we don't even know if Deshaun Watson will play. You know I'm taking the Falcons over the Commanders, but we'll get to I'm that. I'm taking later. the Commanders. Anyway. Thank you wear a Falcons hat. Love you, America. I'm going to bed. <laughs> Peace.